0: Now you're thinking.
1: The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonza as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk.
0: You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is October 21st, 2020. This is episode 258. And today, Gods of this world. With a little g, little g. Gods of this world. And that's right. It's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to. But I am your best buddy, Basil.
1: And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we love Jesus, we love you. And we're in this fight to love ourselves and love our enemies and spread nice. the gospel by uh, being good Bereans and reporting on crazy, crazy news. We live in a wild world, don't we?
0: Yes, we do, Gons. And uh, I really enjoyed your snappy intro. Really, <laughs> really did it for me. Yeah, that's right. We're back. Um, let's see here today. If you follow me on Facebook, you will know today. Is your best buddy Basil's birthday? Ooh. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you for everybody who uh, left me birthday wishes on the facebooks, and I I only asked for one gift today, and that's uh, for people to tune into the live show. And so we'll see, we'll see if uh, if my birthday wish comes
1: true. Well, uh, before we get started, then we, let's uh, let's all join in. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to me.
0: <laughs> yes thank you mr magoo we you know we started making calls out for birthdays and uh we did it for like two episodes and then nobody told us it was their birthday which is fine i mean we got a lot of stuff to do on the show but uh i'm happy we could bring it back for little old me
1: yeah well now that you're i don't know how old are you now Old enough to uh, according drive. to
0: Facebook, I'm 35. Oh but, wow! Uh,
1: okay, that's
0: yeah, that's that's Facebook's knowledge, <laughs>
1: fake algos, yeah, that's algos. the fake book birthday year. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're not giving real information to Facebook, no, are you?
0: No, but I have officially adopted uh, f- my Facebook birthday, so it's the
1: real deal, folks. <laughs> okay, all right. So you're yeah, you're adopting the algo. That's what's gonna happen uh-huh. to the world, by the way. You know, the oh, algos are going to gonna become the arbiters of truth and then, uh, you know. Obey the algorithms. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Ow! Sorry, I got a
0: cat on my lap. Oh, so many sharp claws. Thank you. cat says um, happy birthday, too. Yes. Yeah, something like that. So, any uh, news with you before we jump into our, our actual show here?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> as you struggle with your cat there. Yeah. Good luck on uh, what's going on, you know, whatever's Making happening. Making biscuits. Yeah, um, the baby is scheduled for next Wednesday. It's happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're going into the hospital the whole deal. So What a
0: world we live in. You can actually schedule your baby's birth.
1: I know, it's so transhuman. You know,
0: (laughs) it really is. I'd never even thought about it that way. That's a great point. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we'll see if it actually happens. Commence birthing protocol. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if it actually happens on that day, but that's the scheduled day to go in and I will not be coming out until I have a son officially.
0: (laughs) Two may enter and three shall (laughs) come out.
1: Yeah. I feel like uh, Aladdin, you know, going down into the cave of wonder looking. Through. Oh my
0: gosh. That has some uh, pretty interesting connotations there that I will skip right over. <laughs> this is a family program. Um, yeah. Well, that's very exciting. So we can actually kind of schedule around. I guess it's a good moment to break the, the news um, that when the baby does come, you are going to need to take a week off.
1: And, yeah and
0: and then it'll be we'll have to kind of so prepare yourselves emotionally folks uh when the baby comes we're we're making some plans right now to kind of fill the void uh when Gans needs his week off um we're we're still working it out but we'll have something to uh to soothe the pain while uh Gons takes a week off his paternity leave from the show <laughs> uh corporate corporate uh, said that it's okay we give you some
1: paternity leave oh, good good yeah. yeah i'm uh that's good I, i'm glad that the the 50 percent of the uh the administrative board there listened to <laughs> yes to my request it was a
0: 50 50 vote and yeah. uh on the 50 50 vote we were able to make it happen so yeah congratulations we will we're- do
1: Paid leave. Yeah. I'm just paid, glad. Paid uh, podcaster leave. I'm just glad my son and you don't share a birthday. I mean, <laughs> you'll probably share the same month, which is already, yeah. you know, a lot. We can on.
0: have uh, some big joint birthdays with Nephilim balloons and yeah. stuff like
1: that. You know, as, as I mentioned, when my, my, uh, my other daughter was born uh, mm-hmm. about three years ago, this is the one way to fight against the new world order is making babies, you know? I mean, they they don't want us to have babies. No, I know
0: it's, it's a very real, a very real, uh, way to push back against the, the, the big plan. Um, yeah, but I was going to actually say regarding your, your paid paternity leave, (laughs) that's going to be up to the producers. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. We'll see if the
1: producers come through or if, uh, if I'll be, I'll be on the side of the street, you know. We gotta, up a sign. we gotta
0: find a number. You know, I, I totally forgot. It didn't even occur to me we were gonna have a show on my birthday, or else we could have done a, a Basil's birthday special donation. I well, don't know. it's
1: not too late. I mean, we, our, our uh, producership is fairly low today, so if people want to come in, it's
0: very low. Yes, with, if uh, you are uh, thinking about being producer, you've got about an hour until uh we do the producer shout outs and uh very low today uh let's see what is it october twenty first yes ten ten twenty one that can be uh basil's birthday producer one
1: thousand twenty one dollars you greedy <laughs> greedy man you're so <laughs> greedy <laughs>
0: <laughs> well wherever you want to put that decimal point is up to you
1: okay all right ten, 10 all right. one zero two one yes, so it 10, could be a dollar and if you can divide that that dollar into thousandth and uh, mm-hmm. then it'll be zero two one.
0: Yeah. You can do that with Bitcoin. I know. Uh, or $10.21. That's what we'll do it. 1021 okay. Basil's birthday donation. We'll Perfect. see if anybody comes in. Perfect. If you need any reminders, canarycryradio.com slash support is a great way to do it the PayPal way. Yes. All right. Let's get into the stories. What do you say? Let's do it. Me do you want fries with that? Okie dokie, folks. It is the Flippy update. Now, if it's your first time listening to the show, don't worry. I'll catch you up. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a way uh, to just explore how robotics and AI are uh, taking over the world. And not just in the fun way, but also in the very real uh, ways that uh, we're we need to we need to keep tabs on. Uh, especially if you're a young person planning your career, or even if you're an older person planning your retirement. Flip, you will have something to do with it. Um. So specifically coming from Princeton.edu. Ooh, Ooh fancy schmancy. Yes, fancy article. Uh, the article is titled "Robots and Humans Collaborate to Revolutionize Architecture." Mm. Two Princeton researchers, architect Stefano Parasho and engineer Sigrid Adrianson's, uh, dreams of or dreamed of using robots to simplify construction, even when building complex forms. "Quote: We want to use robots to build beautiful architecture more sustainably," said. Adriensens, an associate professor of civil and environmental engineering and the director of the form finding lab. Excuse me. So the professors partnered with architecture and engineering firm Skidmore, Owings and Merrill, uh, SOM for short, to create a striking and unique installation for the SOM exhibition anatomy of structure in london last march they used two industrial robots provided by uk-based global robotics to build a breathtaking vault seven feet tall 12 feet across and 21 feet long constructed of
1: 338 oh Ooh, so close so close but yeah. well, you got the 33 uh, in there yeah we
0: got 33 338 transparent glass bricks from Pocea Glass Studio. Critically, the Light Vault reduced resources use Whoa 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 whoa. Critically, the Light Vault reduced resource use in two ways: eliminating the need for forms or scaffolding during construction, and improving the vault's structural efficiency by making it doubly curved, which reduced the amount of material required. These were only possible because of the robots' strength and precision. Quote, I try to find out what robots can do that humans cannot do well, said Parasho, an assistant professor of architecture at Princeton who developed the idea behind the robotic assembly of the vault. Parasho is the director of CREATE Laboratory Princeton, where CREATE stands for Computation and Robotics Enabling Architectural Technologies. Woo! Quote, my work is not trying to replace human labor by automating it. Yeah, sure. But to increase the possibilities for architecture by using robots for tasks that humans are rather bad at, she said. Quote, for example, holding a three kilogram, then seven pounds, brick for seven minutes without moving to allow the glue to dry is very hard for humans to do. And also unnecessary because... <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to hold it. You can, you can use clamps. That's I guess they don't like scaffolding. So uh, The quote continues, Robotic construction opens up a number of design and building opportunities where robots complement human work. A likely story, said Alessandro Baghini, an associate director and senior structural engineer at SOM who collaborated on the Light Vault. Quote, robots could be leveraged in places... Now this is where it got a little weird. Robots could be leveraged in places where it would be dangerous for people to work, or where access to humans is difficult. <laughs> huh? Where Where would you go? That Oh wait, is this humans being able to access something? I read it as if Oh man, there's no humans around here. How are we gonna build oh, anything? Oh no,
1: no, it's probably just <laughs> okay. in the context of architecture.
0: Okay, there's these. Uh, Let's continue. Robots are inherently good at executing precise movements in space, unlike humans who need guides or support structures to construct complex geometries. This is what inspired the researchers to explore the potential of striking and unexpected shapes. Edvard Brun, a PhD student in civil and environmental engineering, worked on the implementation of the project. He noted that while human builders would need to Double and triple check their placement of blocks. Quote By leveraging the inherent precision of robots in navigating 3D space, we could spend more time focusing on making the design as efficient as possible while not getting bogged down in the physical construction challenges typically associated with such a structure. The team devised a process in which the two robots work together to assemble the central arc arch of the vault without any scaffolding or other support each robot would place one brick then hold the structure while the other robot placed the next brick and etc etc they go into uh quite a long explanation of the rest of this but there you go folks you know there's uh, there's times as we explore flippy and the robot overlords that we um you know we have an idea of what jobs couldn't possibly be taken over by robots and you know construction work there's that keeps a lot of food on people's tables but not anymore flippy is coming to take your construction job eventually you know what really bugs me about things like this is you have engineers and architects architects creating Buildings specifically to be built by robots Mm -hmm. where and it's kind of got this classist feel to it, like an elitist. Yeah. Yeah. this sort of elitist thing like, oh, we don't need those hardworking construction workers to build buildings again. We'll just design buildings so humans don't have to build them Rob, We will design the building around the uh, possibilities of the robot. Um, much like how Toyota was making their in-home robot Mm -hmm. and they're talking about how, you know, you got to build the house for the robot and then humans can live in it. Now we're we're designing buildings that can only be created or constructed by robots. Uh, and so now you're going to have robots building houses for other robots that humans just happen to be allowed to live in.
1: Well, I noticed immediately how, you know, the only thing they're building are arcs here. Like a lot of the designs here are arcs. You want to look at, you know, uh, the arc, the occult architecture.
0: Yes. The arches.
1: Yeah. So it's it's, arc
0: de triumphs around the world, which we will be having a uh, Canary Cry radio episode dropping on pretty soon. Huh? Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Going back to Egypt and the gods and yeah, the architecture of the
0: gods. Right, but you know, it's just that's what's starting to drive me crazy about these flippy updates. It's like you have these. I would say, look, I'm not saying that these two people are elites in the in the way that we talk about elites, but you know, they've they're in an upper, uh, more educated, have more money, get paid more, and they're using that to again create a world. Built for robots by robots that humans will just, you know, happen to be existing in.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, plus you got Princeton. Have you ever, no offense to anybody that actually went to Princeton. Uh, I've known a couple people who have. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're pretty, uh, you know, they, they flaunt the idea. Of, <laughs> well it's a fan- of,
0: hey if i went to princeton yeah. you can be sure you all would know about it you'd hear about it every week
1: you know i got a i got a recruit letter from princeton when i was like 14 for swimming and i was oh, like yeah. never and my parents were <laughs> like do it become a doctor but i'm like yeah, no wait. i shall not
0: you turned it down
1: well i mean the uh, they send letters to all kinds of people, you know, when they're, you know, when you're an athlete and you, in certain sports, if you're making an, a name for yourself when you're young, they just send mm-hmm. out like, they, they, it's like a feeler letter, you know, yeah. they send it out and I be like, you. Oh, are they interested in coming here? And it's like, I'm, I'm in junior high. I, I don't even yeah. know what high school I'm going <laughs> I'm to. i
0: even not even am But somehow you things. want me
1: to commit to Princeton. I mean, it made me feel good at the time, but in hindsight, yeah. it was like, yeah. Whatever.
0: Well, la-di-da, fancy <laughs> yeah. Princeton, man. Fancy Princeton. I, I got to give a shout out to Jason on YouTube, says, no common person will benefit from these builder robots. They might have a hundred year mortgage uh, for a robot house. That's all. That's actually a great point. Yeah. I mean, the idea is always, you know, at least the propaganda is- Uh, You know, robots will make it cheaper and faster to build the houses. But the problem is that it doesn't always work that way. There's been plenty of examples where automation doesn't necessarily make things cheaper. I mean, even think about now, of course, there's a lot of economic forces involved in that. But, you know, most cars are built, you know, 90% of every vehicle is built by a car. And car prices have gone up... I saw a breakdown actually of it because a lot of people like to blame it on inflation and stuff like that. Uh, You know, in the seventies or something, you could buy a car for five grand. um, And now of course, you know, I would say a moderate car is going to be about 30 grand. And uh, that's not all inflation. Some of it is inflation, but it's also just, you know, people wanting to make money right. so we'll see we'll see but there you go if you're planning uh, on making a career in
1: construction keep this in mind kids and going with the theme of the episode here uh you know the freemasons call their god the great architect yes and so for the the rome the robots to revolutionize architecture i'm sure there's somebody in the back room there you know, sacrificing babies or something to the idea mm-hmm. of a robot arm creating arches. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. There you go. That it? You got nothing else? That's it. That's okay. all I got for this one. All right. Very Thanks, good. Flippy. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Flippy. Keep building stuff. Why not build a thing for <laughs> homeless people or something? Uh.
0: Build me a burger, yeah, Flippy. Yeah.
1: Sticking stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. <laughs> all right, here we go.
0: Thirty-three. Oops. The number of completion of the Great War.
1: Well, yeah, it is a thirty-three update, but they're all brief updates.
0: We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you
1: will be thoroughly updated. Thirty-three is the Illuminati dog whistle that we are trying to reclaim here on Canary Cry News Talk. Mm-hmm. And this is KentOnline.co.uk. Thirty-three more University of Kent and Kent Cant- uh, Canterbury Christ Church students. Test positive for coronavirus. That's it. That's the that's the news. Of course, thirty three always got to report it right at thirty three. Right at thirty three, and a Christian university too. Oh, church, really going after those uh, religious people, those religious nuts. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we've seen it more and more recently. Uh, You know, Christian establishments getting wrapped up in uh, you know a lot of occult. Uh, communications whether or not they mean to or not
1: right right so uh, yeah I mean there's a bunch of 33 updates and uh, to be honest I'm I'm getting worn out by <laughs> seeing like the same thing over and over again so I'll keep yeah. it brief but yeah I mean well, I just wanted to touch on one to get the updates going here Sure. Uh, but another update speaking of the great economic reset Bitcoin go to moon Ooh, Woo! coming in hot that was loud uh this is reuters.com paypal to allow cryptocurrency buying selling and shopping on its network it is happening Basil. the 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 economic shift over to bitcoin is yeah, taking that's place that's big news man and, and
0: bitcoin took a little bump for that didn't they
1: uh yeah bitcoin went up um it's as a let me refresh the uh the coin gecko here yeah twelve thousand seven hundred seventy dollars or so and yeah it's it's moved up it's been going sideways for a while and i mean if you think about it it was it what it spiked down to three thousand dollars in March during that big crash oh
0: crazy so <laughs> i was I was actually happy that I could get in there for a little little uh little stash grew <laughs> my stash a little bit when it when it uh dumped like that, and my goodness that's paid off
1: yeah. So 4X in a few months for people that got in back in March when everything crashed. But uh, we'll see how that continues. But, um, you know, one of the things to keep in mind here with this whole PayPal thing, uh, there were rumors that PayPal was going into Bitcoin or just cryptocurrencies in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a a saying in the cryptocurrency community. And that saying is not your keys, not your coins. And the idea Mm -hmm. here is that if if you don't have your private keys, To your your bitcoin then you don't actually own the coins and what paypal is doing it
0: in some uh company's wallet third party yeah third party
1: wallet and so what these guys are doing here with paypal they're just making money off of the different transactions the buying the selling and Mm -hmm. uh you know they're using it as an on off ramp i'm sure to fiat so that's that's the big part of it but uh Yeah, it's not exactly helping the common person. This is just PayPal making sure they don't fall behind in the economic reset. And, uh, you know, because Bitcoin itself is, you can't control it. It's really going to kill off the banks if you look at what it's doing. If they let it. If they let it, yeah. So uh, That's the
0: big thing. They're trying to integrate it before it destroys the current system.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it all happens because if you look at what the central banks are doing with their CBDCs, the central bank digital currencies, that's the stuff that's way more mark of the beast-ish than, yeah. than Bitcoin itself. I mean, Bitcoin, you don't need a mark on the right hand or the forehead. Uh, it wasn't uh, you know, given to us by some false prophet yet. Uh, but in terms of a CBDC, <laughs> not the case. They want to track every single dollar you spend. And that's way more surveillance state mark of the beast-ish. So, just kind of yep. keeping that in mind. And, you, uh, you know, uh, the adoption is taking place and it's probably going to go to the moon.
0: You know, and it's crazy, too. Of course, a lot of people have been saying it, but we, we knew this was coming for a while now. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, I mean, the skeptics, man, for years mm-hmm. talking about how Bitcoin would never Be usable in a you know in any sort of uh, institutional sense. Yeah, and it's only been a couple years since that, and yeah, all the big institutions are getting on board. Yeah, which really shows it's not it's not so crazy to think that uh, you know it really will become a if not you know replacing a the dollar or something like that, but at least uh, becoming a consistent and respected uh, colleague of the dollar.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, um, a hedge for many corporations and it will be as institutions come in. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of institutions have been buying Bitcoin for a while, you know, uh, OTG or uh, yeah. uh, or OTC actually. But one of the things um, Michael Saylor, I think is his name, he's the guy who runs MicroStrategies and he came out a few weeks ago and said, hey, we just... We just put half of our treasury into Bitcoin. It was like $250 million or something. It was some absurd amount of money. And the way he was thinking about it, he was like, look, we made all this money uh, in in some other nation. And he was trying to get the money back to the States, I think. Mm -hmm. And forgive me if I don't have the details correct for anybody that knows out there. But basically, he was like, "Uh, how much do we have to pay in fees? How much are we... Get like the money was, was draining basically for this, you know, big corporate guy. And mm-hmm. he was thinking about, I think he mentioned he wanted to buy like a, uh, like a, uh, a, what are those big resort boats, those big, uh, mm-hmm. ships? Cruise, just, cruise yeah, ship. like a cruise ship just to preserve the money, to preserve the capital.
0: Oh, right, man. Because
1: it's the money was on fire. And he was saying that there's five trillion dollars of money that's like in the treasury department of all these big companies and it's all on fire. You know, it's all losing its value very, very quickly. Right. And so they need to, if they want to preserve that, then they need to go into something like Bitcoin. And if you think about it, Bitcoin's what $250 billion market cap. If it gets to half of gold, each Bitcoin is going to be worth like close to a quarter million dollars. So, I mean, kind of a crazy situation here. We'll see what happens. I think we made our predictions a a few episodes ago, Basil, but um, you know, it's just something to keep an eye on because it is, I think part of the economic reset, but I don't know if it's exactly what the elite want per se, because it's, uh, I don't think they plan adapt. They'll They'll adapt adapt. for sure. uh, But as far as the people are concerned, you know, Bitcoin was produced to be like a, a, uh, what is it? Peer to peer digital payment, kind of like cash it wasn't made to be some kind of control mechanism or at least mm-hmm. that's what they tell us. Uh, so, but, but if you look at the central bank digital currencies or like the digital dollar that's in place or ready to go, those were created as a control mechanism. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to decide as people, I mean, we should do it while we still can. They're probably going to try to ban it, but maybe they can't because it's not like gold or silver, whether it's, you know, it's like a tangible store you know you can tangibly store yeah. it somewhere it's just uh, you can memorize your keys and
0: okay crypto bro hey i'm let's just saying on.
1: i'm just saying man <laughs> i know if you're We're all on board if you're skeptical you should really look into it because uh you know i know there's skeptics out there
0: but it's the mark of the beast you know that guns. don't sell, not, sell your soul
1: it's not yet but okay all right let's <laughs> i know let's let's move on okay. um oh this one was fun this one's for you, Basil. New York Times: right. Two thousand-year-old cat etching found at Nazca Lines site in Peru. <laughs> Archaeologists came across the faded feline outline while conducting maintenance work at the UNESCO heritage site. And uh, for those of you watching on the screen, I don't know how they missed this oh before. My
0: gosh, <laughs> is that real?
1: that's what I, th- I thought it was fake too but apparently it's like real. a
0: troll man that's crazy yeah yeah if, if you know uh for those who are just listening to the audio you know the nazca lines the big uh you know i don't know they're like a kilometer big some of them uh sketchings etchings into the ground uh where uh, allegedly either aliens or indigenous peoples um took the time to make giant Pictures of things, so I don't know the gods or aliens or somebody could enjoy their pieces of art. And this one's on the side of a hill, so you can see it. The, that's the thing with the Nazca lines: So people, people, you couldn't discover them until you had airplanes because you got to see them from way high in the air. Right. This one is just on
1: the side <laughs> it's of a on hill. The side of a hill, and it's got like a staircase next to it. How did they it, miss uh, it? Were they like, oh, oh, check it out? Wow, didn't notice <laughs> it before. Never Giant anybody ever See that.
0: It looks like a kindergartner drew a cat, but, uh, anyways, that's fun. They really just discovered that, huh?
1: Apparently, uh, the cat like geoglyph, which experts say dates to 200 BC to 100 BC. Hmm. So before Jesus was on the earth, (laughs) somebody somebody drew drew this cat cat on the side of a hill. (laughs)
0: wow maybe they really are the aliens man that's
1: yeah it's a good it's somebody saying mandala effect yeah it's possible (laughs) really changing it up Mandela effect whatever i say mandala (laughs) okay that's cool
0: well that's fun yeah Uh, what is the outlet that's new york times new york times yeah oh my gosh i thought it was like babylon b for a second it looks so silly
1: the other part of it that's interesting is it's the uh unesco Heritage site, UNESCO being the uh, founding organization of Julian Huxley, the brother of the author Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. So, you know, maybe he's in some kind of spaceship, you know, UFO type thing. And he's like, here's how we'll mess with the people. Yeah. And draw a cap. I do want to,
0: uh, I passed it. I don't have it anymore, but somebody, one thing I've never noticed, Gons, mm-hmm. is uh, somebody did the, the numerology or something of CC canary 33. cc yeah yeah, yeah. We, we get that
1: i get that i see that all the time
0: dude nobody's ever brought that to my attention before really
1: i've mentioned yeah. it to you because people have been like oh cc third letter of the alphabet 33 you guys uh, are all illuminati masons you caught us i know except we're not canary cry we're canary cry radio and canary cry news yeah. talk so what's r i don't know somebody in Can't channel remember. figured yeah, it out it was like 16 or 17 or something anyway. Um. There you go. Happy birthday! They drew a cat two <laughs> thousand so years ago. Sweet
0: of them. <laughs> they did it for you. That's so nice of them. All Thank right. you very much, Nazca. <laughs>
1: Nazca lines. All right. Here we go. Another one. This one is a called it article here. Called it. We talked about the Stry Sand Effect a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. and now uh, Zero Hedge came out with a headline: Stry Sand Effect. Twitter ban on Biden laptop scandal nearly doubled visibility, according to MIT. And I'll just read a you know, paragraph here. Twitter's Orwellian decision to censor the Hunter Biden laptop scandal published by the New York Post completely backfired, nearly doubling its visibility, according to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and media intelligence firm Zignal Labs. And if you are unfamiliar with the Streisand effect, it was named after Barbara Streisand's 2003 attempt to suppress a photo of her Malibu, California residence by trying to sue a photographer for $50 million <coughs> over the aerial photograph before a uh, Streisand's lawsuit. The photo had only been downloaded from the photographer's website six times, two of which were Streisand's attorney. Once the story went viral, however, over 420,000 people visited the site over the following month. The lawsuit was dismissed, and Streisand was ordered to pay $155,567 to cover the photographer's legal fees. That backfired big time. But yeah, you know, we talked about that. We talked about how a lot of this Orwellian banning stuff, yeah, it's messed up, but also it creates this effect. I mean, they, totally. the controllers have to know that this effect. Is uh, taking place. Well, know?
0: and that's the suspicious thing about it, you know, because you, you get so worked up about, uh, well, one gets so worked up about censorship and Twitter banning a story, Facebook banning a story. But the Streisand effect is a very well-known phenomenon. And you know that they know about it. It almost makes me wonder if they're like pretending to defend you know the liberal candidate but they know strife sand effect will take uh take hold and more people will be talking about it yeah Um, i don't know there's there's kind of an old switcheroo way to think about it yes Um, i don't know if i would throw all my money on that bet but it is interesting
1: i've had a theory which i'm sure is very unpopular but we covered it in an episode of ccnt i don't know five, six, seven weeks ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it had to do with the Belt and Road where mm-hmm. Israel and China have this deal on the Belt and Road and they're like, you know, buddy, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, when you look at the political strife in the United States, you know that China is backing the Democrat Party and you know that Israel backs the Republican Party. And so it seems like there's a, a, like a staging thing going on where hey, we're going to ban some stuff. And, and caught in the middle are a bunch of content creators, you know, not just in America, mostly in America, that mm-hmm. are covering you know, the political issues, or a lot of it has to do with human trafficking. We'll get to that in a, a story later on here. Uh, but it, yeah, it just seems like a lot of it is political staging. And it's so easy to get caught up and say like, oh, one side is evil and all this stuff. But I don't know. I don't know because there is a there's definitely an opposite effect taking place, which yeah. uh, p- brings us to this other update here.
0: State-sponsored propaganda machinery,
1: and this is uh, this is Adam Ford, the guy who started Babylon B, yep. and uh, he tweeted out, "Facebook really and truly pulled this B post from uh, for <laughs> quote <laughs> inciting violence." We appealed a human being at Facebook reviewed it and they stood by their decision. They're threatening to demonetize us and throttle our posts. It's hard to even find words how absurd this is. And so, yeah, the Babylon B got got flagged for inciting violence and the post that they did that for is a headline by the Babylon B Senator Hirono demands ACB. That's Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, be weighed against a duck to see if she's a witch. (laughs) And Facebook said it's inciting violence.
0: Yeah, this was hilarious. Obviously it's quoting a Monty Python or referring to a Monty Python joke. Yeah. Um, But they actually got demonetized on Facebook for this. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I know it's wild. Babylon B You know, again, it's one of those things we've been following those guys for a long time. They've really done some great work over the years. But recently, they've full-on hit mainstream news attention, and they just keep coming out with the hits, man. Yeah. And again, with the kind of the Streisand effect, the more that uh, stories come out about them being banned and fake news and all this stuff, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Adam Ford uh, uh, started it famously um but uh sold it a couple years ago yeah i see you have still
1: he's still involved right i see you have an article here do you want
0: to use that article
1: because it's i mean it's the same thing
0: no i'm sorry you know i didn't even see that you had it in there already that's just that's just the story um about it getting demonetized right
1: so Yeah. yeah and somebody mentioned in the chat yes edge of wonder uh, I think their YouTube channel got taken down. There's a whole bunch. I- I'm surprised we're still up on YouTube. I, re- I really don't know what we did to be granted such access and such a privilege. You
0: know, I think part of it is we're just small enough uh, to kind of sneak by. And again, we use tact and reason and we're not here to spook anybody out. Yeah, um, maybe. So I, we just don't break the rules, man. We're, we're, <laughs> Do
1: we not? I don't yeah. know. I feel like I've we're broken so rules.
0: It's our CIA connections keeping us on <laughs> YouTube.
1: Yeah. Canary in. Canary uh,
0: cry intelligence agency. Can, the CCIA. It. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, I think uh, it is possible and I haven't done the research to, to verify this. Uh, it, this is just a theory. Okay. But, uh, and I've mentioned it before. I think they look at the owner of the face like the sun channel. They see mm-hmm. my name and they're like, that guy's not white. So let's not, <laughs> yeah. let's not delete him."
0: Our resident person of color. Yeah. You're keeping yeah. us on the air.
1: I can just say my-
0: affirmative action, <laughs> in, <laughs> <Yeah. in laughs>
1: action. Which by the way, I, I, I didn't, I didn't include this in the story, uh, the updates, but California uh, has made it law. Now the Karen act. So now like if you call nine one, one, if it's a race, I think I can't remember how they worded it. It's like if it's race related, they won't accept it. Like the the, the police, like if you call nine one one racially motivated phone calls to nine one one. Oh wow! What does that even mean?
0: What is a racially motivated phone call? Is I don't that, know. You know, and that's the problem. Is recently any mention of race at all gets you, you know, in trouble? In trouble, yeah. So if they're like, uh, you know.
1: Well, you, you I, I, yeah,
0: Calling somebody's breaking into my house. Oh, what does they look like? Oh, it's a Asian guy. Oh, no. Sorry. You can yeah. deal with it
1: yourself. Yeah, I, I had I did the same thing. I had, you know, the caller saying someone broke into my house and the 911 dispatch. Can you describe the person? And the caller says, he's black. And, and then the dispatch says, I'm sorry, ma'am. That's racially motivated. Goodbye. Oh, I mean, is that what they're talking about? I mean, this is crazy. This is nonsense.
0: I have come in contact with so many California refugees recently.
1: Yeah. It's it's crazy. uh,
0: It's real. You know, I mean, obviously you've been hearing about people uh, escaping (laughs) California for uh, Mm -hmm. about a year now. Um, but in the past week, it's like every new person I meet is from California.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, everybody, all the, uh, obviously Joe Rogan being like the most popular probably, but a whole bunch of people, uh, some YouTuber named Grant, something is like a young, going young rich Austin. guy. Yeah. Going to Austin, but there's a whole bunch of others. I think Ben Shapiro left and uh, there's yeah. a whole bunch of people leaving. So, uh, you know, it's, it was going to happen. Um, I would love to leave but got to convince the family, not as easy to do.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, man.
1: You're yeah. stuck.
0: You're stuck, man. But you know well, part of me
1: well, part of me thinks when everything crashes, I'll be here to pick up the pieces and then I will own California.
0: That's not a bad point, especially in the LA area, you know, where mm-hmm. it's just like so outrageously impossible to own uh, anything
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah once everybody leaves and <laughs> things crash you'll be perfectly positioned <laughs> to become LA's new uh, slumlord <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll roll in the giant robot arm architects to just oh, rebuild LA see?
0: now you're thinking
1: build all those homeless people's showers you know it'll just be yeah. I'll be like some kind of California savior figure
0: yeah that's blasphemy
1: great. blasphemy
0: all right, let's get into the actual stories. It all took right. us like forty minutes to get through the Flippy update. I'm and sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I,
1: I try to get through stuff quickly, but you know, I get caught up. in No, it. it's okay. You know, it
0: was all good stuff. All right, here we um, go. But let's talk about Wack Jeans. Wack Jeans. Wack Jeans. Wack Jeans.
1: Wack
0: Jeans. Okie dokie, it's time for your Wack Jeans update, people. Um, coming from Reuters.com. Wink. Uh, the article is titled AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine trial Brazil volunteer dies trial to continue. Ah!
1: Oh, they changed they, the headline from what I had it. Did they? What did yeah. they have it when you had it? It's similar enough. AstraZeneca oh. COVID-19 vaccine trial volunteer has died brazil health Th- health authority says so
0: yeah it looks like they updated it to say the trial is going to continue yeah of course when it's happening in brazil they don't mind just keeping on going when somebody has an adverse effect in america they shut it down and this is not to say anything against brazil it's i'm just talking about those racist pharma companies they don't care yeah if uh, brown or black people get hurt by vaccines it's just unfortunate yeah um not even trying to make a point here we go uh the article reads sao paulo frankfurt reuters brazilian health authority and visa said on wednesday that a volunteer in a clinical trial of the covid 19 vaccine developed by astrazeneca and oxford university had died but added That the trial would continue. Oxford confirmed the plans to keep testing, saying in a statement that after careful assessment, quote, there have been no concerns about safety of the clinical trial. Really? Somebody just died and there's no concerns? Okay. (laughs) A source familiar with the matter told Reuters that the trial would have been suspended if the volunteer who died had received the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh Uh-oh. Suggesting the person was part of the control group that was given a meningitis vaccine. Okay, this is going back to the Johnson and Johnson versus the AstraZeneca battle going on Mm -hmm. and how it gets reported. Uh, When AstraZeneca, every time AstraZeneca has an issue, they tell you exactly what happened. It's always horrible. And they tell you whether or not it was, uh, you know, somebody who got the uh the vaccine or got the placebo when it's johnson and johnson they don't tell you anything yeah if somebody gets hurt they say there's no possible way for us to know if they got the vaccine or the placebo but if someone at astrazeneca is letting the cat out of the bag with this stuff and uh i don't know let's continue CNN Brazil reported that the volunteer was a 28 year old man who lived in Rio de Janeiro and died from COVID 19 complications. Okay. And Visa provided no further details citing medical confidentiality of those involved in trials. AstraZeneca declined to comment immediately. The Federal University of Sao Paulo, which is helping coordinate phase three clinical trials in Brazil, separately said the volunteer was Brazilian without revealing where. The person lived. Okay, whatever. It is up to an independent review board to decide whether trials will continue. A spokesman for the university said the board is made up of experts not from AstraZeneca, nor the universities, nor the Brazilian biomedical research center Fiocruz, that plans to produce the vaccine in Brazil. So far, 8,000 of the planned 10,000 volunteers in the trial have been recruited and given the first dose in six cities in Brazil, and many have already received the second shot. He said AstraZeneca shares fell 1.8%. Brazil's federal government has plans to purchase the UK vaccine and produce it at Fiocruz in Rio de Janeiro, while a competing vaccine from China's Sinovac Biotech LTD Uh, is being tested by Sao Paulo State's research center, Butantan Institute. Brazil has the second deadliest outbreak of coronavirus, uh, with more than 154,000 killed by COVID-19 following the United States. It has the third largest number of cases with more than 5.2 million infected after the United States and Canada. I wonder how... Canada? It says India (laughs) here. What did I say? Oh, yeah, it is India. My brain just glitched. Um, Yes. Sorry. India. I wonder what the population of Brazil is. Let me just look that up real quick. Pop of Brazil. But yeah, this really is very strange the way the reporting is coming through on these trials uh, in regards to the the different companies, the different Mm -hmm. vaccine companies that are being reported on. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this, I think, just highlights the issue of how people are being counted or how deaths are counted with this whole endeavor. Like, all right, he died uh, from COVID-19 complications, but did the vaccine have anything to do with it? Well, Right.
0: That's that's actually a great point. They said he died of COVID-19 complications. And here's the thing with these trials they're double blind which means nobody should be able to even know i mean the doctors the scientists the institutions they don't know who has got it and who hasn't unless you start breaking a bunch of rules and declassifying stuff and to put it simply uh you wouldn't know whether he got the vaccine or not unless you intentionally uh that break the rules of double blind studies so the fact that they're trying to say that or they're trying to insinuate that he got the placebo and died of covid 19 is a problem because either uh they're lying and they don't know and they're using it for propaganda or they broke double blind protocols which is mm-hmm. unscientific and in a normal circumstance you would throw out the entire trial If the double blind was broken, right? So this is not good news in for them, for the institution. uh, No matter how you slice it.
1: Yeah, but they're going to move forward anyway, because yeah, what's what's one guy that's died? We got to continue with the great reset. We have to. We have to keep giving those vaccines. Vaccine. Yeah. Vaccine. Vaccine. Vaccine.
0: Vaccine.
1: This is our second story about this topic. ibtimes.sg, that's International Business Times. Vaccine fear in South Korea. Five people die, including 17-year-old boy, after taking flu shots. Mm. And it's...
0: Tale as old as time. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. Five South Korean people died after they took the flu shots in the past week, said the authorities. This unexpected incident has raised concerns over the vaccine safety just as the seasonal vaccination program is expanded due to the coronavirus pandemic as per the local authorities, there was no reason to believe that the deaths were linked to inoculation. However, an investigation including the op- uh, including the autopsy is underway. the vice health minister kim kim ganglip Kim ganglip said that, quote, it makes it hard for us to put out a categorical statement. All right, or at least they're, I mean, they, that sounds a little more honest.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like we don't know. The victims of this incident include a 17 year old boy and a man in his 70s. The boy died on Friday, October 16th, which was the first death noticed by the officials. He died two days after getting the jab of the flu vaccine. In Incheon, near the capital Seoul, or Incheon, I think it's Incheon. The unnamed elderly adult who had Parkinson's disease and arrhythmia, improper beating of the heart, was the most recent case. He died on Wednesday, October 21st, in Daegu, just a day after receiving the vaccine. As per the local officials, the man had been receiving the flu vaccines since 2015, but he never showed any adverse reaction. The flu vaccines in South Korea are supplied by different drug makers, including LG Chem Ltd. and Boryung Biopharma Co Ltd. An official from Boryung said that the company is aware of the recently reported deaths, while LG Chem said it would follow the government's advice. The flu shot program, as many experts have explained the importance of taking the flu shots this pandemic year, South Korean officials last month announced that they have decided to produce 20% more flu vaccines in 2020 than the previous year. They hope to vaccinate 30 million South Korean people in a bid to prevent the country's health system from being overloaded by patients with flu as well as COVID-19. It's it's interesting how COVID-19 is kind of like an afterthought. For the Korean South Korean government there. Authorities halted the free vaccination program for three weeks after officials found that around five million doses of the flu shot, which needed to be refrigerated, had been exposed to room temperature during the transportation to a medical facility. Ooh. The officials oh, no. said that over eight million people have been vaccinated with the free flu shot since it resumed on Tuesday, October thirteenth, with more than three hundred cases of adverse reactions reported. It, oh my gosh. Needless to say, this year, when the healthcare organizations all around the world have been struggling to deal with the coronavirus pandemic, boosting the public trust in vaccines has become a major global challenge. Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) As many countries rush to approve coronavirus vaccines before the completion of the safety and efficacy studies, according to a poll in South Korea, 62% of the people in Gyeonggi province would deny COVID-19 vaccines even if one gets the approval until the safety is ensured. So lots wow, of skeptics even, there.
0: What is this, South Korea, you said? South Korea, yeah. Wow. So this uh, vax skeptic skepticism is not just an American issue, which uh, I've heard a lot of uh, famous public-facing scientists. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to name them. You know who they are. Going off about how science, I'm sorry, vax skepticism is an American phenomenon
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. and how
0: <laughs> Americans are so stupid for questioning vaccines and stuff like that. But uh here you go. The fact is a worldwide thing, it's not just some sort of crazy, you know, American stupidity that they would want you to believe it is. Uh, This is a thing normal, normal people around the world are skeptical of taking a rushed, especially a rushed vaccine and especially a, a new type of mRNA vaccine that's never been. Uh, proven to work before.
1: You're not talking about William Gates from Hell, are you? We're taking things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in the little kids' arms. We just shoot right into the vein, right into the vein, right into the vein. <laughs> <bank.
0: laughs> no, I wasn't, because I said scientist. And oh, he's not a scientist. <laughs> oh, hey, very
1: good, very good. <laughs> but I think I've heard okay. uh, uh, Billy William Gates from Hell also mention. Um, complain about that stuff. He always complains about the oh, anti vax he,
0: people. He's just. Oh, he's the biggest complainer. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, you want to keep moving here?
1: Yeah, let's do it. We have a story about being watched. This was actually supposed to be in the last episode, but here mm-hmm. we are.
0: Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? Speaking of the beast system, beast, 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 beast system. Okie dokie, this is coming from TheGuardian.com. The article is titled, Digital Health Passport Trials Underway to Aid Reopening of Borders. That's right. We've uh, It's been talked about ever since the beginning of this, and it's, again, another thing coming to reality. The article reads, A new digital health passport is to be piloted by a small number of passengers flying from the UK to the US for the first time next week under plans for global framework for COVID safe air travel. Uh, what is the date on this? Yeah, okay, so this uh, that's that's this week. it's happening. Yep, this week. The common pass system, backed by the World Economic Forum, is designed to create a common international standard for passengers to demonstrate. They do not have coronavirus demonstrate to me that you do not have coronavirus. <laughs> However, critics of similar schemes point to concerns over the sensitivity and specificity of the tests in various countries amid fears over greater monitoring over people's movements. Hey, what a w- well-put phrase. Uh, let's see. Let me read that again. However, critics of similar schemes That's us Mm -hmm. point to concerns over the sensitivity and specificity of the tests PCR tests at anything over 27 cycles in various countries amid fears over greater monitoring over people's movements. The beast system panopticon mm-hmm. Paul Mayer, the CEO uh, at the commons project, which has given startup funding by the Rockefeller foundation. Uh Oh, ding, ding mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, funding by the Rockefeller foundation two years ago and created the digital health pass said countries that have closed borders and imposed quarantines are looking for ways to thoughtfully reopen. What a great PC way to put that. <laughs> I know. thoughtfully and mindfully reopen quote it's hard to do that he told the Guardian. <laughs> it requires
1: <laughs> it's no hard. kidding because a it's whole so bunch hard. of people are like yeah you guys are evil <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much why it's hard it's <laughs> yeah okay continuing quote
0: it requires being able to assess the health of incoming travelers hopefully We'll soon start to see some vaccines come onto the market, but there is not going to be just one vaccine. Some countries are going to probably say, OK, I want to see documentation. You've gotten one of these vaccines, but not one of those vaccines. Oh, Oh, no. What a mess. Pointing to existing requirements in a number of countries, notably paper-based evidence of a yellow fever vaccination. Mayer said similar proof held digitally for coronavirus could soon be required To travel for the foreseeable future, he added, "This is about risk mitigation. There is no perfectly safe solution. This is about providing information that can help countries reduce the risk of it spreading." The trial. Oh my gosh! Whoa! My page just refreshed, and the article is gone. Uh Hold on. Let me try it again. They've gotten to you. They yeah. Whoa! 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 Okay, I got it back. I lost my spot. My goodness. saboteurs (laughs) saboteurs <laughs> um d- d- paul meyer pointing to the, the trial existence. trial the trial will apply for passengers flying from heathrow to newark u.s on united air flying f- air <laughs> on united <laughs> airlines flight on wednesday that's today guns
1: i know the it, day people the, the slaves are my, the slaves are being slaved right now the,
0: yeah the day of my birth and this the first day of the health id passport Tests from the private testing company Pronetics will be administered by the travel and medical services from Collinson in COVID-19 testing facilities set up with Swissport. There's a bunch of words I don't know. <laughs> it follows a pilot by Cathay Pacific on flights between Hong Kong and Singapore. However, the test used generally in the UK is not a test of infectiousness, experts have said, as it does not distinguish between those who have the virus and are infectious and those who are no longer infectious. There have been many false results as a consequence. Wow. Mm. What great reporting on the Guardian's part here. No, uh, no U.S. outlet would mention that there could be anything wrong with the
1: tests. Yeah. Well, the Guardian is a little I think they're right leaning. They're uh, a little. The yeah,
0: they're a little off center for sure. Yeah. There is no suspicion that uh, such schemes could provide a way into greater monitoring of people's movements and health statuses. <laughs> Sorry. There is also suspicion that such schemes could provide a way into greater monitoring of people's movements and health statuses, a paper published in The Lancet on Friday said. However, it added, they can facilitate safer movement and the privacy concerns are neither unique nor insurmountable. Common Pass confirms a traveler's compliance with U.S. border requirements after a test at the London airport up to 72 hours before travel, along with the completion of of a health screening questionnaire a qr code that can be scanned by airline staff and border officials is then produced in the event of a negative test the process of securing a refund for the flight after testing testing positive was unclear common pass will be paid by airlines for the service oh interesting they're actually thinking about figuring out how to give you a refund if you happen to uh test positive most arrivals to the uk currently have to quarantine for a fortnight with only around 45 countries on the country's uh, quarantine free travel corridor list mark burgess uh process Improvement Director at Heathrow, told the Times, "Quote: For some time now, Heathrow has been calling for the creation of a common international standard and in cross-border pilots as these could help governments across the world and the industry to unlock the benefits of testing in aviation a department for transport spokesperson said quote the government is working at a pace with industry to identify and implement options to reduce the self isolation period through testing while protecting public health quote we are consulting closely with partners from aviation travel healthcare and testing sectors as well as the devolved administrations weird Mm -hmm. as well as the devolved administrations to develop (laughs) measures as quickly as possible to support the recovery of the travel sector. So boo. Yeah. We made it all the way through the article, but uh, this is actually a, uh, I'm proud of them for not just ignoring the problems with this thing, as you would see with, you know, some, some American uh, outlets here, but There you go, folks. Health passport ID. You know, it is being compared to, you know, for instance, if you go over to Africa or anything, you got to get your yellow fever. You get this little yellow card and you got to show that to be able to be let into the country. So there is precedent for stuff like this. um, But of course, the privacy concerns are the big ones.
1: Privacy, but also how threatening is this COVID-19 really? Yeah, And
0: the tests, the tests, tests. you know, right now, the test cannot tell you if you're infectious or if you even quote unquote have coronavirus, you could just have, uh, what equates to, and this is in the words of the scientists, what equates to finding a hair in a bedroom, um, and calling it a burglar, uh, same thing with these PCR tests. You can find a fragment of. Of coronavirus uh, DNA, which allegedly, if you listen to depending on which scientists you listen to, uh, if you spin the PCR test at, you know, higher amounts of cycles, everybody will will test positive for something like this.
1: Right. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting is that we talked about clear the company clear yep. that pivoted from, mm-hmm. you know, being sort of a biometrics thing to more of a, uh, uh, or not, you know, biometrics for flights to just in general digital identification. Yeah. And now we have this common pass trial here. It's going to be interesting which companies, you know, are (laughs) going to, is going to win out, you know, worldwide in terms of who gets to be the actual digital arbiters of your health or your truth. Cause you know, if, if clear is like, no, he's, he doesn't have anything, but then common pass is like, yes, he does. What's, what's going to happen? There's a conflict there between the two uh, different digital ID databases. You know? so yeah, there's going to
0: be some corporate espionage involved, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, so very interesting. Uh, just got to keep an eye on this. We knew this was going to happen. But I, I just, you know, the part that's really uh, infuriating is very much like what happened at 9 11. When, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the towers went down and everything, the, the airports are really what started the, the big lockdown and taking right. away our freedoms and all this stuff. The same exact thing is happening here. And we knew the airports were going to be uh, a major thing in terms of travel, people going to different places, and there's just no way to fight it back. You know, there, there's nothing we can do, or at least it seems like there's nothing we can do to really stop this it's like Mm -hmm. can they have just like an airline or a an airport you know just some private company come out and be like yeah we don't really care too much if you have the virus or don't have the virus uh you know we don't care and yeah
0: and interestingly in the aviation industry you know much like a lot of other industries here you have industry leaders and uh you know it's kind of whatever they say goes everybody else has to kind of uh, adapt to an industry leader um, right and that's kind of what it is with heathrow uh, heathrow is if not the biggest it oh my gosh the thing is so huge heathrow the airport in uh, in london there if if not the biggest it's it's certainly one of if not the most influential airport in the world um so it's, it's no surprise that Heathrow is the first place where this is getting implemented or tested, and uh, of course everybody will have to um,
1: comply. Will have to
0: comply or else you won't get to receive passengers from Heathrow in in which case, you know your airport will go out of business.
1: Yeah, well, um, some private company, some some rich guy who's you know, got this all figured out needs to just be like, all right. Enough with this nonsense! Come on, my airplanes. Of course, that's not going to happen. But
0: <laughs> it's, just a, it's just my it's probably dream. Probably be Elon. Just start his own. A-
1: yeah, but he'll probably company. have his own, like you know, his own thing. Where it's like, well, why don't we uh, make sure nothing, nothing comes into your body by placing this chip in your brain?
0: Yes, you must become cyborg. Yeah, it's not.
1: It's not any better, but. Yep, all expected, okay. all part of the unfolding of the New World Order, and I'd say that this is moving right along with uh, many of the prophetic passages we read about, so nothing too surprising. Although, you know, uh, it, Daniel, the book of Daniel talks about people will go to and fro, and, you know, certainly, and knowledge will increase, and biblical knowledge, but also, you know, maybe, maybe this is all part of it, too, that people will go to and fro even more now under this uh, watchful eye of the new world order.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, Gonzo. Are you ready to take a short break? Short break. Take a Whee! break. We were, uh, We. Tra- I don't know if you noticed last episode, folks, but we tried an experiment. So usually when we take a quick break, we'll lose, I don't know, at least 10%. Of the listeners who just they'll just bail or i'm sorry live live viewers they'll just bail they don't want anything to do with they don't want to hear about producers or see any art or hear any new jingles or songs and uh so we tried a project of just trying to seamlessly go into art to try to get people to stick around and it was a little clunky if you were here you remember and uh, we still lost 10 or 20% anyways. So, anyways, we're going back to the old way of doing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're discouraged from the, the experiment after one test run. We I know. We, we, we're we're, we got to be more persistent like the vax companies. Just I because know. one dies or one failure takes place, we must press on. <laughs>
0: All right. So we're just going to take a quick break, people. Uh, but don't go anywhere because after the show, we've got uh, some big news, some big Google news you're going to want to catch up on. And we've also got some simulation. Are we living in a simulation? Ooh, well, yes. we'll find out after the break. But first, we want to thank some producers. Check out some art and some uh, some fun stuff like that. You so, didn't shout
1: out the Twitch new Twitch users last episode either.
0: I was going to ask you – I can't, I don't remember if we did or did not. So I don't think we did. uh, We've got some great Twitch users. We're going to thank and let's uh, just get on right through it. You ready? Let's do it. Yep. Yep. Ready. Okay. First of all, thank you to the sluginator. DM Kane 78. Uh, Santa wears Brown.
1: Okay. (laughs) Gosh, I don't know (laughs) what that means. Maybe it's
0: a UPS driver. That's Ah, what it must mean. ah. Uh, your key Erica 3284 uh Despicku.
1: <laughs> it's funny cuz <'cause laughs> as we do this I'm watching the number of people just <laughs> just, <go> drop down. <laughs> just drop dramatically
0: I know Eon Mayor Stafford 1987 Sai me and then of course we've got wonderful Johnson and Johnson Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> he made it. KXC 1279. Hiker 303. Lulu M98. And coming on Mr. Dr. Johnny Bananas made it to the <laughs> show. Thank you very much nice. Dr. Johnny Bananas. Uh Natricky sub sub <laughs> subpoena power three six nine Oh, okay and that's all of our new twitch followers thank you guys so so much following us on multiple platforms is gonna be what you want to do because you never know when we'll just disappear from your favorite platform um so a great one to follow us on is twitch.tv slash canary cry radio Make sure to turn on notifications as well there. Okay, next up, we're going to thank some of our new producers. Producers, you say? That's right. If you're new to the show, let me uh, lay it down for you. You might notice that we do not read advertisements on the show. That's because... In general, we think the advertising industry is evil for so many reasons. First of all, it's all tied up in the big data, social media nonsense that has shown itself to be a divisive force and uh, benefiting from the monetizing of that divisive force uh, just didn't sound like a cool thing to do for us. So we don't do it. Um, Also, when you take advertising dollars, it incentivizes uh, creators like Gons and I to think of you, dear listener, as a commodity, as a piece of cattle to be loaded up on a trailer and sold to big corporations for our own personal gain. And that just doesn't sit well with us for a lot of reasons. And I hope uh, that it doesn't sit well with you either. You know, we don't blame any other shows or anybody for having to. Uh, do advertising to pay for their show to make it work. But the problem is guns. I was just looking at the industry numbers recently (laughs) Um, advertising uh, the, the amount that you get paid for advertising uh, just peek behind the curtain for some people. It all depends obviously on how many listeners or viewers you have, but uh, the payback is getting smaller and smaller. You can actually make less From advertising today per 1000 listeners than we did when we first started uh podcasting it's back down yes it's the prices have gone way down and so now you're advertising to more and more people and you're getting paid less and less and that's what happens when you let big corporations Uh, set the price for the value of your content. So we didn't uh, think we wanted to let corporations set the value for our content. And instead we work on the value for value system, which is uh, we put out a show, we do it consistently and we like to think we do a pretty good job. And you, dear listener, set the value for the show. Isn't that a better way to do it? Doesn't that just ring truer to
1: you? uh, Yes. You know, one of the things when, Face like the sun, and, and it's heyday when the YouTube algos didn't suppress all the videos and stuff. Um, I the calculations, the average was mm-hmm. about one cent in terms of like AdSense, how much money I was making from YouTube ads and stuff. It yeah. was about one cent per 1,000 views. So, oh my gosh, yeah, that, that was like peak. That's crazy, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it. it it wasn't great to begin with, so I'd rather have you know people that are the, less numbers you know maybe less number of views, uh, yeah. but more loyal in terms of you know becoming yeah. part of the, well, the producership
0: and you know now're we're, since we're going off script a little bit, I do want to say. Uh, That for both of us, guns. not to say that we never consider the amount of downloads that we get across all our platforms. We still kind of track those numbers. We do. But because we're not beholden to advertising to pay for the show, it doesn't matter in the way that it would otherwise. You know, if we lose, if we get whatever, a thousand less views or downloads this week, that doesn't mean that. We're worth less. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's this great disconnection from the global theology of uh, economy and advertising. And it's very healthy. It's healthy for our brains. It's healthy for the show because we're also not beholden to being brand friendly. Uh, you know, we, we certainly couldn't talk about a lot of the things we talk about if we were taking advertising dollars. And it disconnects us from the anxiety of like watching every single download number and worrying uh, if it goes down. So anyways, that's why we're on the value for value model. We put out the show. We create some value. If you get any value out of it, uh, whether it be entertainment or education, analysis, uh, whatever it is, or just news that you wouldn't hear anywhere else. That's value and you get to uh, put some value back into the system. It's an investment, not just in the show, but it's an investment in your own media future. Because as as long as the value for, for value system keeps working, the show will keep working as well. And uh you get to make the choice. Do you want big advertisers and corporations to tell you what media has value? Or do you want to vote on what uh, what media gives value? And that's why we do it. And uh, coming up here, we're going to thank some producers who uh, voted for keeping this show going and we call them producers because this is the real world. This is not just charity. This is not just, you know, a lot of people like to, there's always one stop (laughs) begging for money. Basil, (laughs) you're such a beggar. No, 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 that's not how this works. And if you don't get it, that's fine. You can still get the show for free if that's what matters to you. But for those who uh, join in to help keep the show going, invest in their own media future. Uh, they are producers because it's the real world. If you get if you pay to keep a show going, you are a producer, just like Hollywood. You can put it on your LinkedIn. You can put it on your resumes. Give them uh, our email address and we will vouch for you. Um, okay, so one of the easiest ways to support the show is to head over to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk and it was a slow slow week over there guns um
1: yeah we had one here. come in though during the episode
0: yes we did i see you put it on the list so our one patreon producer give it up folks for our new producer sarah thank you very much sarah thank you, sarah P- producer sarah in the house now uh if you don't like patreon the oh wait we got no, one we got okay one more. so we yeah, so we also have uh, patreon.com slash canarycryradio. For those who don't know, Canary Cry Radio is uh, our, our original podcast, still up. You can search for it. It's our interview-style show. But we give producers uh, a shout-out here as well. And so we've got a new producer named Producer Sluginator. This <laughs> And uh, they sent a little message here. Hello, just wanted to let you know I love the show. It is refreshing to hear two brothers in Christ discuss current world events in a sane and logical matter. Ah, Keep it up. Thank you. I think maybe you meant manner. But either way, thank you very much, Slugginator.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. And um, uh, we, we had a whole bunch of people come in on the PayPal for your yes. birthday.
0: I know. Once they heard, they we're going to have the the list of producers has grown to uh, a, a a size that I'm thankful for, for my birthday today. So thank you very much. All of these producers, but let me uh, not get ahead of myself. If you don't like Patreon, that's okay. A lot of people don't like Patreon. We totally understand. Um, that's why we have canarycryradio.com/support. canary support. Canary canarycryradio.com slash support that's right folks canarycryradio.com slash support uh, is a great place to support the show we've got PayPal options you can come in with a monthly producership or uh, if commitment is not your thing you can make a one-time producership in any amount there's also cryptocurrency and other things like that go check it out go click around there's some fun stuff there who Do we have coming in on PayPal?
1: First, we have Sylvan Handwoven. Ooh!
0: Producer Sylvan Handwoven. Thank yes. you. Yes.
1: And uh, they came in with a, I guess I'll mention the number just because it's got the 33 in there. It's $13.33. Ah, so, there we thank go. Thank you, Sylvan Handwoven.
0: There we uh, go. And then thank the you, rest,
1: man. the rest were, I think, today, uh, all for your birthday. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's yeah. the
0: ten twenty one, the following. And I, th- I threw the messages in there gone. So you can pretty okay. much just read this straight all the way through. Um, and yes, these all came in during the show. Thank you so much. I'm still here. If you're going through, I'm going to be refreshing the page. We'll see. Yeah, if I'm we looking can. at
1: it too. And I'm seeing, I'm trying to figure out which direction you did. It. Okay. You did it from the, okay. So, yeah. first, we have producer Hannah. Thank you, producer Hannah. Thank you very much,
0: producer Hannah.
1: Coming in with uh, 1021. I think everybody's here 1021 except one here. So Until the sure. end, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, producer Laura. Thank you, thank producer Thank you very Laura. much, producer Laura. And is this her note here? Happy birthday, Basil. Thank you for all your hard work. And Gons, thank you also. <laughs> uh, Basil, I hope you have a lovely day. God bless Laura C., your Australian friend ah thank you
0: very much australian friend producer laura
1: producer laura uh oh there's another laura it looks like is this another Um, laura no same laura okay so you you wrote it twice oh okay i I, I just copied it i got it it. it's all confusing you got it it. very confusing all right next up we have producer adam thank you producer adam
0: Thank you very much, producer Adam. That's Adam forty two in the chat. You came in, buddy. Thank you very
1: much. He said, Happy birthday, Basil. See you next week for the solo show. Uh-oh. <laughs> Making we'll decisions. See. We will see. Making how decisions. That,
0: goes. that is a producer input though. So we do take that into uh, account. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if it sticks.
1: Yeah, he doesn't you don't control the soundboard, so it might be just you rambling for a while. It's some,
0: it's some like technical hurdles with me doing a solo <laughs> yeah. show.
1: Uh all right, so thank you, Adam. Next we have producer Sandra. Producer Yay. Sandra. And thank you very
0: much, producer Sandra.
1: She said, Happy birthday, Basil. Uh thank you very much. Is that okay? I'm trying to
0: get um, it all right here. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. I think maybe this is her Twitch handle or something.
1: Okay. I will right, we'll call her producer. Sandra. Uh, yeah. Also, next up, producer Charlie. Thank you, producer, producer Charlie, Charlie. Coming in, she said, "Happy, happy, 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 happy birthday, Basil."
0: Oh, thank you very much, producer Smiley Charlie. Face
1: and Charlie. Uh, and then we have double checking here. Uh, oh, we have producer. Oh. What am I missing here? Hold on. I
0: highlighted it for you.
1: I know, but I'm just trying to Okay, okay, that's how you did it. All right. Happy birthday. Oh, this is from Producer Cynthia. Yes. Thank you, Producer, Producer Cynthia. Cynthia. She said happy birthday, much. Basil. Yeah. And uh, we also had one come in from Producer Sarah. Thank you, Producer Sarah.
0: I wonder <laughs> if it's you, the same you, Sarah
1: you. from the Patreon. Oh, I don't know, maybe I don't know. not. Uh, but but producer Sarah, this Sarah, came in with $33.33. So,
0: ah, the 33 producer.
1: Yeah. And uh, the note from Sarah, I have been listening and learning from you guys since 2015. I appreciate you for all you do. God bless your new baby Gons and all your cats, Basil. So there Yeehaw. you go. Thank and you very much. I think. Is that it? Yep. That's yeah, it. Yeah, let's do your,
0: one. One quick refresh here. See if anything else came in too, just so we don't miss anybody. Um, I think that is it. Thank you to all the new producers. If, uh, if somebody else has come in, we will obviously be reading them next week. They just have not hit our email box yet. Next so episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes.
1: Your, your time thing is just so awesome. I
0: know. I, I still haven't gotten <laughs> off the fact that we do more than one episode per week. Yeah. My brain is still stuck in uh, 2019 world.
1: <laughs> yes, guess. There are other ways to support the show with your producership. Uh, you can send us crypto, narycryradio.com slash crypto. We didn't have any crypto come in today. Uh, and uh, the other way to do it is with your talent. You can send us jingles, music, songs, all pertaining to the show. The day we don't have any jingles, however, we always have a good amount of art. One art, please. <laughs> Woo! And our first artist producer, Allie. Allie. you're going down, old Steen. <laughs> the unmasking. This is a uh, she, she changed it up a little bit. She used, uh, I got a note here from Charlie, uh, who said. Yeah, this thing is cool. Allie spent yesterday drawing this and wanted to share it with the Canary Cry community. It is her first drawing with colored pencil on black paper. Wow. And it turned out great. The drawing yeah, is called. It turned out fantastic. That's yeah, really good. Uh, the drawing is called Cast Shadows, but in order to make it relevant to the show, it was changed to you're going down (laughs) olstein the the unmasking unmasking. yeah 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 (laughs) very good and for those
0: for those who are just listening i'll keep you posted it's a it's a, a black background it's like on black paper and it's just an excellent uh picture or drawing of a wolf I mean yeah. really fantastic. Now remember everybody if you're listening you can check out the uh artwork uh at canarycrynewstalk.com in the show notes we have all the art in there as well. So if you want to catch up visually that's the way to do it. But yeah, uh Allie, really really good. This is uh beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's really really good. It's almost I've I've I feel like this can be i've seen shirts with this type of like wolf on it but this has much deeper meaning obviously which,
0: i know i think i have a shirt from alaska that has ah <laughs> that that's of, what i'm thinking yeah
1: so very good thank you producer ali as usual gazelle and bonds in the chat and next up j vela the, the writing is on the wall dark days ahead mm, yes
0: and in classic Jay Vella fashion, we've got. Uh, I like to think Jay Vela is the uh, the <laughs> the Denver L- Airport non- artist. Yes, non occultist Denver Airport uh, artist style. Um, always uh, a very. Uh, intricate sort of collage of things and in this one um we've got let's see i'll start from left to right we've got uh some symbolism with a a hangman's noose and a a guillotine uh right next to a flippy bot inserting a uh, chip into somebody's head uh Mark of the Beast related, I'm assuming. We've got a little FEMA camp down there in the left with a, a depiction of somebody alone in a cell. We've also got the classic hooded figures. Um, what? It looks like in this one is that binary code on the face of the hooded figures looking down on the earth there, um, and in the middle again we've got the hooded figures with gas masks controlling the masses. They've got their chips, and the uh, the martyrdom. A yeah, we've got the martyrdom of those who did not take the chip, not getting on the bus here. The for the re-education workforce program. Dark days indeed. Thank you very much, Jay Vella. And as always, beautiful work.
1: Yes. And uh if we ever make our own airport, Jay Vella can <laughs> yeah. do all the crazy you need murals. To start
0: Canary Cry Airport
1: and you can do, yeah. <laughs> do the murals. Yeah, no no biometrics here at <laughs> Canary Cry Airport.
0: You don't even need a license. <laughs> you got guns? Uh-oh. Yeah, bring them on.
1: <laughs> oh boy that's gonna be wild <laughs> alright thank you producer Jay Vella, per usual and there was one more I wanted to share because uh, you know it's just such a it's a really good piece of art this one is called uh, Rise of the Nephilim and this one's Ooh. by Luke he's the one that runs beholdyahweh.com, and he does this 3D graphics and it's pretty amazing uh, I, I, if you've uh, I don't know how to really even describe it it's, it's 3D uh, may I? May yes, I attempt? Do it, yes.
0: Do it. So it's an excellent piece. It reminds me of like some video game concept art, right? Yeah. He obviously puts a lot of work into these. Um, and in the foreground, let me see. Let me make it bigger. Oh yeah! In the foreground, you've got some chimera, some giant chimera. Uh, looks like part human, part uh, lion, part scorpion, and there's some uh, anguishing masses around them. And it looks like a a Moloch, uh, a version of a Moloch uh, statue being worshipped by, uh, it looks like people are being forced to worship Moloch. And you've got some uh, banging drums and loud trumpets. And in the distance, you've got some giant uh, Nephilim rising up. Very spooky looking guys. One has, uh, you know, four arms. Another one has a bull. looks like a bull's head and some wings. Another uh, just a a giant, scary horned man. And uh, very good. Oh, wow. Off in the distance. Look, I can make this as big as I want in the VR world. I'm just flying into it now. You've uh, got some pyramids off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Really good. He hits all the notes, all the notes of the rise of the Nephilim.
1: Yeah. The the hybrids there in the front uh, where the little, you know, the humans are all worshiping. Those are the scorpions uh, that come out in Revelation ah, nine out of the abyss. Yes. They have the long hair. They got the scorpion tail, the whole deal. So
0: yeah, I think that's what's um, going on here. Yeah, but this what's his name's Luke.
1: His name's Luke. Check Luke. out beholdyawe.com and uh, we'll maybe you know, schedule yeah, some to just, talk to him s- about what his whole project is all about.
0: Yeah, I'd love to learn. He's got a great career ahead of him. Uh, it's even if he just went into video games or you know, movie concept art or something, but uh, I, I like it when people got their own thing going on, yeah,
1: too. yeah, absolutely.
0: Very good. Thank you, producer Luke. And thank you to all of our artists. Uh, Is that all? I don't want to skip ahead. That's it. I think that's it. Okay. So thank you to all of our artists uh, this week for uh, producing some content for the show and very special stuff too. remember. You can take a look at all the art on canarycrynewstalk.com in the show notes. And I keep talking about how I'm going to be posting the art on social and I just keep forgetting. So I, I need to put that on a list. Um, but I will be doing that. I realized guns. We have not been posting on our Instagram for about a year, maybe more. And, uh, now that we get art all every week, I need to be posting these on our Instagram. Yeah. Get uh, on
1: that Insta, bro. Come on. No,
0: I got to get on the Insta, the IG as the IG boomers call it. (laughs)
1: i don't really i've never used it at all like i have an account there i think but i i never use it so i i know it's really kind of every time i I log in i feel i feel like i'm being scraped of all my data you are it's a really sick feeling i get yeah i know that's why
0: company they get they get you um and remember, if uh, if you turn in next show, because uh, we'll need more art, we'll need more producers, it's uh, it's a very important part of the show. And you can also help us out by uh, creating jingles, creating music. We got the Canary Crime mixtape at the end of the show. Stick around for that. Um, and there you go. Anything else for this break, Gonzo?
1: That Night Wind. Wait. Yes.
0: Yeah. I do have one more thing for the break, and okay. it's very interesting. Sure. Thank you to producer That Night Wind for uh, – Doing the timestamps for the YouTube video so people can uh, skip around and hit the topics they want to hit without uh, any of the nonsense. Okay, so I we got the email last week from our uh, PhD microbiologist uh, producer. I hope I said that right. I might need to double check, but uh, explaining the tobacco in vaccines. Now we got another email. Um, from, well, another producer and I'll just read I'll just read it here. Cause it's very interesting. Hi, Basil and Gans. Wait, let me make sure there's nothing that I'm not supposed to read.
1: Fun, fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay. All right. I, hi, Basil and Gons. I hope my email finds you well. I am one of your many fans, and I really wanted to share this with you. Just a bit of background on me. I'm a British lady married to a Russian and live in Finland. Wow, what a combo. Oof. I am a professional maritime safety advisor. Mm. And so when it comes to safety, safety protection from biohazards, I have a lot more experience than most. So when my husband told me to look at this crazy propaganda piece on the English version of the news from YLE, which is the publicly funded state news propaganda like BBC here in Finland, I nearly spat out my Earl Grey for fear of choking. (laughs) Here is a link to a classic misleading article designed to fool the sheeple here in Finland, and they should follow what the researchers did in a university study aimed at reducing waste. And here it is. They can wash their face masks about 10 times and their masks are as effective as a homemade or purchased cloth mask. Yes, people were paid to provide this uh, No expletive Sherlock research, which, if you read the article really carefully, is simply telling us without actually writing the words that probably all masks are a big waste of time. Bad news is that people here in Finland trust the media, especially the state-run media and badly worded misleading articles which tell people how to wash a disposable face mask. <laughs> (laughs) clue is in the name disposable means it's only tested for safety for one use for example uh, the plastic fibers may not be safe after washing and the crux is as a safety professional if I had to advise on a job what the PPE for a biohazard spread through the air which could live over 10 hours on surfaces I would be telling you that the minimum PPE would be full disposable suit a sealed air supply respirator and full sealed eye and face protection lol Uh, so then they give the link to the article but I think we get the gist of it here I I think you can cover this Uh, love your show you know I thought this was very interesting this next part and I like it is that they said love your show I'm not a religious person but I totally appreciate the amazing fountain of biblical knowledge you have gons <laughs> Ooh, hey, I love yeah. See, you got a shout out. I love the art and fantastic comedy and talent of the artist producers. I have a soft spot for Mister Magoo. You have a fan, Mister Magoo.
1: Magoo. I think he is
0: a fantastic, and his jingles are special. Uh, are special. Love you both. Uh, sorry, love both your senses of humor, and really love the People's Zoo song. Did you know about the film called People's Zoo? I did not. Um, and then they go on. So thank you very much, producer. Uh, Amber, I'm going to say producer Amber. Thank you very much. And that is very interesting. I was seeing a lot of this. You can wash your disposable mask stuff as well. And it just
1: seems patently. So without on- Oops, sorry. Go ahead. What was that? It just I, seems- just, I want to show something after you're done talking. Okay. Or- yeah.
0: It just seems on its face, a ridiculous piece of propaganda that doesn't make any sense to just the normal common sense. If, <laughs> you know, they'd say, don't touch your mask. Don't do this. Don't do that. And uh, yeah, washing a disposable mask. No other product in the world, if its label is disposable, would anybody give you advice to wash it and reuse it? And it's the state run media in finland telling people to do this so yes that is pretty wacky and yeah. this person is a is a real professional with a real i mean that's a that's a a professional maritime safety officer i'm sorry advisor i gotta tell you that is serious business i've done some some work on boats and things like that and uh you always gotta watch out for those maritime safety people um <laughs> Yeah, they they don't mess around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that email. And, and it's really, you know, it's good to get actual professionals in here and, and get their opinions on things. Um, but also, uh, I, you know, washing something that's, you know, that's only supposed to be used once. That sounds like something I would do in general. So, <laughs> like... So you that's, know it's a bad idea. Yeah, that's the kind of thing my wife yells at me for. You know, like, why are you washing that plastic fork that's only supposed to be used? But it's free, free plastic fork from the restaurant. Yeah,
0: yeah so. it's kind of like it's not not a one for one, but it also reminds me of uh, how little attention I pay to
1: expiration dates on food. Oh, you know, I yes, that's a problem for me too. I grew up with you know my my mother would just be like, it's, it's fine. It's, it's a couple weeks old. It's fine. You know, but, but my wife is like, Oh, it's two days past it. I'm like, but it smells okay. Oh yeah. Uh, the know. smell
0: test. If it passes the smell test, it's good to go baby.
1: Yeah. And then she tells me, uh, you know, you do, you do you, but if, uh, if you get sick, but don't feed my to child. Do with it. Yeah. Don't feed my child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. Um, did you have something you want to do before we wake up
1: here? Nope. Let's wake up and then, uh, right. well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's just wake up. Oh, yeah. Dang. Look at our time here. I know. Yeah, right. it's
0: wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. How are you good on time? Are you good to zoom I think, through these? Yeah,
1: I think we're good to zoom through it. But before okay. we do, I, I did want to um, share this video that uh, went around uh, a few weeks ago. And it's this guy. <laughs> Have you seen this basil It's this guy that uses a vape? you know those, like smoking vapes? uh-huh, and he just shows how these masks don't do anything uh, totally to, like, hold it I in. haven't
0: seen this guy. I've seen some other people though, but yeah,
1: it's just Play. funny because he he just uh you know he, he different types of masks and he's just <laughs> are you on Bing right now? <laughs> yes, I pulled it You're up Bing. on Bing. Wow. yes, I'm Bing, but uh yeah, the demonstration is pretty hilarious Look at that just, cotton. Just... <laughs> It just goes over his eyes, the whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, uh, these are
0: fun. Yeah, yeah, you show these guys who uh, vape out of masks <laughs> it shows how useless <laughs> it is.
1: Uh, anyway, I had a good laugh watching this stuff. But anyway, let's uh let's get on with the a uh, couple more of these stories here. Wake on up. One, we already did wake up. You were talking we? over it. Yeah, you oh, were talking. Put, do it again. Okay. Do it again. Yes, it's wake up time.
0: Hey, y'all, wake up.
1: Yay. All right. This one is a story about stopping right. progress. Stop this progress before it is too late.
0: This is coming from CNBC.com. Google sued by DOJ. Yahoo! An antitrust case over search dominance. Search dominance. Uh The article reads, the Justice Department filed its long-expected antitrust lawsuit against Google on Tuesday, alleging the company has unlawfully maintained a monopoly in search by cutting off rivals from key distribution channels. 11 Republican state attorneys uh, attorneys general have joined the DOJ as plaintiffs. Weird how it's just Republicans doing this. Uh, Google stock barely moved following news of the suit. Shares were up more than 2% during afternoon trading. The DOJ and states are bringing the complaint under Section 2 of the Sherman Act, alleging Google has unlawfully maintained monopolies in markets for, quote, general search services, search advertising, and general search text advertising. Quote, Google is the gateway to the Internet and a search advertising behemoth, U.S. Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen said. Quote, it has maintained its monopoly power through exclusionary practices that are harmful to competition. The states in the lawsuit are Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Tejas, baby. The lawsuit is the culmination of a more than year-long investigation into the company's business practices. Its most significant antitrust lawsuit since the Justice Department sued Microsoft in 1990s, Uh, alongside a coalition of state enforcers. Google was previously the subject of a federal antitrust investigation by the Federal Trade Commission over its search product, but the agency closed that probe in 2013 without charges. A leaked document published by the Wall Street Journal later showed that staff had recommended bringing a case on several grounds. Allegations against Google. The crux of the complaint is that Google has allegedly used its monopoly power to tie up Distribution channels for online search and related markets. The Justice Department claims that Google has, quote, foreclosed competition for Internet search. Uh, not with you, Gons, Mr. Bing man. <laughs> Through exclusionary agreements that deny rivals the opportunity to achieve the necessary scale to challenge its dominance. The DOJ claims Google holds 88% of the U.S. search market with 94% of mobile searches occurring on its services. The department claims Google's conduct has harmed consumers by lowering the quality of search services and reducing choice. It also claims Google owns more than 70% of the search ads market and has used its monopoly power to charge more for lower quality services than would be possible in the face of competition. According to the lawsuit, Google has used its monopoly power to keep competitors out of the search distribution channels they need to scale up. It claims Google has locked up distribution through exclusionary contracts with Apple and distributors of its Android mobile operating system. As a result, the lawsuit claims Google has suppressed innovation in the search market. Um, And the article goes on for a while. Did you have something uh, uh, highlighted in here you wanted to hit?
1: Nothing highlighted, but I think the uh, overall question that a lot of people had, including myself, Mm -hmm. was, is anything going to come out of this? Are they going to break up Google? Are they going to do something to actually you know, get Google to be more fair. And a lot of people, their sentiments were, nope, nothing's going to change, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're going to slap on the wrist. Maybe they'll pay a fine or whatever, but nothing to actually make a uh, systemic change unless they kill the, the algos, which is unlikely to happen. Um, but you know, the, it was interesting because this story broke on Tuesday of this week. Mm-hmm. And it was a day after Project Veritas, you know, the good old Project Veritas, Mm -hmm. uh, came out with another video, and this is an RT.com article that uh, summarizes what happened there. Playing selective God, Google whistleblower tells Project Veritas that search engine skews results in Democrats' favor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, did you see the video? No,
0: no, okay. but I I this, didn't know they put it out, but yeah. that's uh, obvious knowledge, but I'm glad that hopefully they got some evidence to
1: right such and the timing was interesting that that Project Veritas released this footage The day before the DOJ came out and said they're filing an antitrust lawsuit. But Mm. uh, it says here, an alleged program manager at Google Cloud has said the search engine monolith is, quote, playing God in the U.S. political scene, skewing results to benefit Democrats, according to an undercover interview captured by Project Veritas. In footage published on Monday, the conservative media watchdog shared around eight minutes of an interview with a man identified as Ritesh Lakkar. Said to be a technical program manager at Google's cloud service, who accused the company of putting its thumb on the digital scales for the Democrats. "Quote: The wind is blowing towards Democrats because GOP equals Trump and Trump equals GOP. Everybody hates it, even though GOP may have good traits. No one wants to acknowledge them right now," Lankar or Lekkar said when asked whether Google favors uh, favors either political party. Um, and then has the video here. It's kind of, I would play the audio or the, you know, at least the video and the audio, but it's a little bit muffled as these like undercover videos are. They have to caption it to see, you know, right. to hear exactly what they're doing. So I'll just continue reading here. While Lank, Lack Carr, whose LinkedIn page states he worked at Google since May 2018, did not specify exactly how the company gives an edge to certain political viewpoints. He suggested the platform is selling favorable coverage to the highest bidder. Quote, it's skewed by the owners or the drivers of the algorithm. Like, if I say, Hey, Google, here's another $2 billion. Feed this data set on whenever Joe Biden is searched, you'll get these results, he went on. Blasting big tech firms for, quote, playing God and taking away freedom of speech on both sides. It's interesting he mentioned both sides there. Lackcar complained of a suffocating, overly political atmosphere at Google where he said, quote, your opinion matters more than your work. Recalling a dramatic response to Donald Trump's 2016 election win at the company, several media reports have documented employees' appalled reaction to the victory, including internal company footage of a meeting soon after the election, where co-founder Sergey Brin is heard comparing Trump's win to the rise of fascism in Europe. Quote, when Trump won the first time, people were crying in the corridors of Google. There were protests. There were marches. There were like, I guess, group therapy sessions for employees organized by HR. I remember hearing about some of that. It's pretty pretty absurd for people to freak out that much over a presidential election. Uh, Google, which has yet to respond to Lack Carr's charges, has come under fire previously with allegations of political vi- bias in its search results with internal documents obtained by Project Veritas last year, suggesting the company maintains content blacklists, and yada yada yada. We covered some of that before. Uh, And this, again, uh, on the heels of a massive purge that has uh, taken place with a lot of uh, our colleagues and friends, even their channels being taken down and just deleted. Um, I estimate um, probably like 10 million subscribers minimum, probably more if you add them all up. And I'm sure billions of uh, minutes of video or views. Yeah. Of content, I mean, uh, several hundred billions, maybe, and uh, it's pretty ridiculous. And you know, we were talking about it when it happened last week, how we we sort of said that, like, oh, these people are talking about Q, but not, but we mentioned how not all of them were talking about Q or were like super Q anon fanatics or anything like that. Uh, but Sgt Report Sean over there, whose channel was also deleted in the process. Uh, mm-hmm. He stated YouTube in a, in a tweet here. YouTube terminated dozens of channels on ten fifteen. Do you know that? Uh, do you know what we all had in common? It's not Q. We all cover the issue of rampant pedophilia and child trafficking. That's the common denominator. When did the Hunter Biden laptop hard uh, hard drive story drop? Party is in panic. So you know he's he's very much uh, you know he he I know Sean is. Um, you know, supports Trump and he's a a Republican and supports that side of the the political party there. Uh, But I I do think he has a point. I think because of the Hunter Biden story, Mm -hmm. the channels that would have really dug in and spread that message were all taken down. So I I do think there is some truth there to what he says.
0: Yeah. There's some truth. Although I would argue that, People who really dig into the pedophilia issue and uh, people who dig into the Q stuff is a pretty there's an broad overlap. overlap. Yeah, mean, it's I a bro- broad overlap. I, I think it's they're almost one in the same. I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: With some exceptions, I'm not some trying exception.
1: to yeah. paint uh,
0: with too broad of a brush. But they're they're, they're I mean you can't separate you know uh, anti pedophilia and Q enthusiasm.
1: Right, and I think a lot of you know, especially like Sean at Sgt Report, he's interviewing people. He's got his own views, but a lot of his content is interviews. So Mm -hmm. that's where things get really dicey for me, and the whole you know Section two thirty, and how YouTube can't be tried as a publisher, even though they're making editorial decisions. All that is very interesting, Um, but you know, part of it too, uh, I do think the pedophilia thing, or at least the story of the Hunter Biden thing was sort of the catalyst to, to take down these channels because I do think they would have been the drivers of that information in terms of like having it spread on YouTube and social media in general, not just the New York post article. But again, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think uh, channels like Sean's SGT report among many others, they're kind of, it sucks because it's, they're, they're like collateral damage within this like political staging, this like political theater that's taking place. And because they're just independent people, you know, a lot of these folks, I mean, there could be a couple shills in there. I don't know. I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with like all the channels that were taken down, but the ones that were, that I know, you know, either personally or have uh, communicated with before they're, they're just independent people. And, and that's what really upsets me is like, they're being caught up in this political staging, this political theater and when I mentioned, you know, China being on the side of the Democrats and Israel being on the side of the Republicans, it's almost like they had some kind of deal of like, okay, we're gonna stir things up, we're gonna delete some channels, we're gonna draw attention to certain stories so that the election goes a certain way, but also, you know, we're gonna play the censorship game. And you know, it just seems like a big, big psyop, and you know, independent people get caught up in the mix and I would call it collateral damage in that regard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but yeah, because, because of these channels, the whole pedophile issue has gotten a lot of play. It's gotten so many people awake and aware of, you know, really bad and horrible things that happen. Uh, Cause if you think about the Hunter Biden story, if it broke, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, maybe I still think mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't believe it. I, I, even if the proof was There, I mean, we have the proof now and people are like, eh, you know, a lot of the, uh, or at least one side of the aisle, they're kind of like, eh, there's no proof. How do we know? So, uh, but now there's like a, an atmosphere of people that, or just a sentiment out there that makes it really easy to believe the story. And there's still some shadiness with the story too, in terms of the FBI withholding the information until right now, (laughs) you know, Yeah, and and there's lots of things there. and again
0: with the biden story there's also been because of the mystery and the lack of uh, evidence coming out there's also unfortunately been a lot of misinfo coming out as well right not, uh, misinfo or disinfo there's subtle differences but yeah a lot of the turns out a lot of the uh, pictures that came out not the ones of course the one with him and the the crack pipe, the meth pipe is right. uh, just a real gem, but some of the more disturbing pictures that came out of that uh, have fake. been debunked by uh, by trustworthy people, and so it's really given not just the strifan Streisand effect with the Hunter Biden story, but it's also opened up because of uh, the lack of an official disclosure um it's made a lot of space for disinfo to get into the mix right and so yes a lot of the pictures you're floating around uh that you see floating around uh claiming it's hunter biden with whatever Mm -hmm. usually it's the more disturbing ones Um, A lot of those have been credibly debunked by independent people. Right. Um, But that's just part of the that's part of the problem. You know, when you don't have official disclosure and you have the government, you know, muddying up the facts of an investigation and withholding, you know, information that should be public in a lot of cases. I'm not saying all cases. It leaves room for a lot of, uh, you know slithery uh, details to get snuck in there and you got to be careful not to, to jump right on it just because it's just information that happens to be presented to you.
1: Right. And it is true that Trump in 2017 uh, mentioned how he wants to end human trafficking. And I have a, I have a little clip here just very short where he mentions it. And I'll mention uh, a reaction to it afterwards here sitting down at the conference table. I want to make it clear today that my administration will focus on ending the absolutely horrific practice of human trafficking. And I am prepared to bring the full force and weight of our government to the federal and at the federal level and the other highest levels, whatever we can do in order to solve this horrific problem getting worse. And it's happening in the United States. So, I mean, he goes on from there, but um, part of me thinks, yeah, every president has this kind of thing, you know, where they get up and they, you know, even the Pope was like, oh, we must end the, you know, the abuses in our, in our pews and stuff like that. But uh, the other part of it that's interesting to, to connect this story with, or this uh, moment back in February, 2017. So this is like right after he was elected or right after he, he stepped into the presidency. Uh, just the other day, this is from the, uh, Twitter handle matriarch. Uh, they said, wonder why you never heard about Donald Trump's administration work to combat human trafficking today. Trump admin announced the first government center for countering human trafficking in the U S they asked if the press had any questions this mm-hmm. is what happened this is a 51 second clip okay so this yeah. is this is a it, it, just bear with us if you uh, if you don't know what's going on
0: okay for reporters please wait until we have the it's good. It's good. microphone to you to be able to answer a question please state which alley your name and which alley you're from thank you no okay do we have any questions to start
1: there's four people on stage There's three people in the audience This is the chance for the media to ask questions yeah. or, uh, Do we have any reporters
0: interested in that? Follow-up questions? <laughs> Just to be clear, give a couple
1: Crickets, nobody
0: Okay, great, seeing none. Easy. Wow. Great. Thank you all for being here.
1: So there you go. No, but no media, not a single question about a
0: new department to battle human trafficking. (laughs) Wow.
1: So, you know, there is, uh, again, this is like actual stuff going on, not just, uh, you know, peddling the conspiracy theory or whatever it is. Yeah. Certainly the media has done a black hole on anything Trump is doing to actually fight human trafficking. So there is credibility there. And I would say that there is something that's why I would say to Sean's, you know, thought here in his tweet, there is something to it, but again, you're right. You're right. There is a, a huge overlap with the Q because Q was really the vehicle that a lot of people quote unquote woke up to the whole human trafficking problem. Totally. And again, there were a lot of people mentioning it before. And uh, you know, th- this is a long-standing issue. Um the other part that I wanted to mention tying it back to Google here because Google is the one complicit uh there's a website called resilienttruth.com it is uh something that uh a friend of ours uh we'll call him producer Greg uh put together and um he has a document here that we have linked we'll have linked in the canary cry news talk website Mm-hmm. He who controls the information controls the world. Google's behavioral modi- modification goals include the de ranking of Christian websites. And Greg uh, had a, a very popular Christian website that, uh, I mean, he was very knowledgeable in the SEO, the search engine optimization. And he has seen massive, massive censorship with uh, within Google in the last couple of years. Especially the last year, I think he was saying that it was like almost 80 yeah. percent down in traffic for his christian and he he did, he knew what he was doing too so well, was,
0: so you're you're linking that document right We're sending yes. people through the document, yeah, okay, so yeah, I think we can just say it then that's it's an all about god um, yes. document there, and uh yeah, it's um. It's pretty crazy. He's been keeping us abreast of the type of uh, suppression that's been coming. I mean, it really is suppression. It's not even, you can't even say it's like, oh, no, people just aren't interested anymore because they're Mm -hmm. more interested than ever. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he's reporting, like you said, 80% decrease in the organic search uh, results for a lot of the types of things that people specifically search to find at that all about God has done a great job of providing information on. And they've been great in the past, you know, they've, they've been some of the top ranked, um, you know, search uh, results for a lot of really important questions Mm -hmm. uh, surrounding. I mean, not even like, you know, tinfoil hat stuff, just no, basic, like straight,
1: regular basic God stuff.
0: Christian questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's wild.
1: Yeah. And there's, I uh, just want to read a couple uh, sections from here. Not, not a whole section, actually just a couple paragraphs. paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a section called Google and behavioral modification. And he says in the document, Dr. Robert Epstein, unfortunate name there. Uh, a research <laughs> psychologist for nearly 40 years has published a scientific paper on what he calls the Search Engine Manipulation Effect, S-E-M-E. In Epstein's June 16, 2019 testimony to the U.S. Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, he wrote, quote, S-E-M-E is one of the most powerful forms of influence ever discovered in the behavioral sciences, and it is especially dangerous because it is invisible to people, quote, subliminal in effect. It leaves people thinking they have made up their own minds, which is very much an illusion. Worse still, the very few people who can detect bias in search results shift even farther in the direction of the bias. So merely being able to see the bias doesn't protect you from it. Bottom line, biased search results can easily produce shifts in the opinions and voting preferences of undecided voters by 20% or more, up to 80% in some demographic groups. So that's a scientific research paper that obviously, you know, they're not going to share on Google because it's bad on Google here. Um, and uh, so what can we do about it? Cause you know, that's a question we get a lot, you know? So what do we, what do we do about it? And um, recommendations when considering recommended next steps, uh, Greg here says, I reached out to digital free speech attorney, Craig partial, who said, quote, a precise remedy for monopolistic big tech co- co- manipulation and suppression of viewpoints is something on which reasonable minds can reasonably differ. Silicon Valley has had a long track record of stubborn intrans oh my gosh. Intransigence intransigence and broken promises. Repeated invitations for those companies to voluntarily correct that behavior have been unsuccessful. I believe it is time for congressional action. Conservatives should be looking for an effective smaller government approach to a big communication censorship problem. So part of it really, Basil, it's up to folks like us to, you know, really just do our own thing. And, and it's going to require our our own knowledge of technical skills and to, you know, have our own sort of platform and, and distribution methodology. And that's, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing, but
0: yeah, well, further on in that document, uh, they talk about the steps that they've taken at all about God to, yeah. to maintain endurance and uh, uh, resilience in cases that, you know, technologically based ministries might face in certain cases and all the way down to, you know, uh, lining, the, the workspaces and electronics and vehicles and stuff with anti EMP material. And I was very, uh, inspired. I need to get <laughs> myself some of these anti EMP material, uh, sheets. You could really, you could really go to town on that. Who yeah. needs wallpaper when you've got, uh, EMP resistant lining on your walls.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they mentioned section Two Thirty which is the communications decency act, which is what all these tech companies are hiding behind. And uh, I believe Trump had some kind of executive order there, but I don't think anything came of it. And if he gets reelected, we'll see if he actually does something, you know, bigger sledgehammer to that whole thing, uh, which is how these companies are getting away with it. But even still, I I still think they're not going to go down without taking everybody down with them kind of thing, you know? So uh, don't expect, uh, much change, even though the DOJ has come out with an antitrust case over Google. Um, but you know, it's, again, this is partly why, uh, you know, you, our own sort of due diligence as not just us, you and me, Basil as content creators, but everybody listening out there to do their own due diligence, their own studying and, and, uh, you know, to search for information, but know that even your Google searches are tailored, you know, and manipulated and uh, you just got to have, you got to be watchful, be sober minded, all that stuff. So, you know, I just wanted to wrap it up with something of a positive yeah, outlook. <laughs> it's great. not that positive, but it's at least some action.
0: No, it's always actionable. Ask for action. Yeah, I'm. I just got uh, deep into a hole searching for EMP lining to put in. <laughs> didn't we? My car. Didn't you?
1: Didn't you have like uh, the EMP blocking EMF beams, hood or EMF hood? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever use that or?
0: Yeah, I wear it around. It's really weird, and I can't tell if it's a placebo or not. But it, yeah, it's this anti EM uh, EMF. But just hood, it's like a hood on a sweatshirt, but it's just separate. And I'll wear it around the house, and I don't know if it's the placebo or not, but I'll I'll just feel way more relaxed. Like yeah. the anxiety goes away, everything. I'm I I talked about a while back starting my uh, website called Basil's Bunker. And I bought the URLs, but uh, I've not put together the the bunker yet, where you it's can just go you. for all your apocalypse needs.
1: It's just you sipping on like. It's just some... me in that hood, yeah. <laughs> in like a, in bed, just sitting, being relaxed, just
0: sitting and waiting, chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I'll get on that once I have a second, just a second, one of these days. To do something, but all okay. right, sounds good. Let me look real quick, make sure we're not forgetting anything. Da, 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 da. Are we do we want to hit the simulation? Let's thing, do it. Or we, Let's do it real okay. quick. It's short. Let's do so. it real quick. Here we go. Science is truth. IGN.com. There's a 50 50 chance we really are living in a simulation, scientists say. Oh, they've been talking about these simulation things. Uh, of course, Elon Musk being a, bit, a big uh, propagator of that idea. But 50-50 chance, hey, they're putting a number on it. I know. It's crazy. Some scientists believe that there's a 50-50 chance we really are living in a simulation. And now we have to wonder if The Matrix is looking more like a documentary than science fiction.
1: Hey, Welcome to the club. What did I, what did I use? What? What? What, what, uh, what have I been saying that all these science fictions are just documentaries.
0: I know, man. stole our line. They're all stealing our material. I know. In a report from Popular Mechanics via Scientific American, some scientists believe that the odds that life as we know it is a simulation could be as simple as a coin toss. This 50-50 coin toss approximation comes from the Scientific American cited odds of 50.2222 to 49.77778 49.77778 when determining whether or not life is a simulation. Okay. <laughs> Scientific American and subsequent popular mechanics cite philosopher Nick Bostrom's 2003 yeah. paper, Are We Living in a, con- a Computer Simulation? to explain where odds like the ones come from. Okay, let's see where they come from. Quote, I argue that at least one of the following propositions is true, Bostrom says in his paper. One, The human species is very likely to become extinct before reaching post-human stage. Two, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of its evolutionary history or variations thereof. Three, we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. It follows that belief that there is a significant (laughs) chance that we shall one day become post humans who run ancestor simulations is false. Unless we are currently in a simulation.
1: So this could be summarized as one, we go extinct two, there is no simulation or three. We are living in a simulation. No other options to reality.
0: You know, and I got some comments, but let me get through this real quick. Bostrom simulation theory focuses on computing power, much like the matrix and its sequels, uh, when discussing the idea of humankind simulation, it might be hard to believe there exists a computer powerful enough to simulate our entire existence. If such a computer did exist, we would never be able to recognize it to begin with as we'd be inside of it or rather a part of its simulation. Bostrom's theory of simulation sees the odds at nearly 50-50 and Columbia University astronomer David Kipping used Bostrom's theory as a guide for arriving to his own odds. Kipping's theory dictates that simulations cannot spawn their own additional simulations. Why? Yeah. There's
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's like no reason other than, well, let's, assumption. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, let's hear his explanation here. That is because as simulations spawn more simulations, the computer resources available to each subsequent generation dwindles to the point of where the vast majority of realities will be those that do not have the computing power necessary to simulate offspring realities that are capable of hosting conscious beings. As Popular Mechanics points out, think of Russian nesting dolls. Each subsequent doll after the first doll must fit into the doll that came before it. As a result, each doll grows smaller and smaller in size and scale as you go deeper into the rest of the dolls. Basically, we are either in a simulation or we are not in a simulation. (laughs) If humankind never creates its own simulation using conscious beings, then the odds of us living in a simulation tip further toward yes. Because if we are in a simulation, then we likely wouldn't be able to create one. If humankind uh, does create a simulation of its own Uh, using conscious beings then kipling and bostrom's theory about computing power are closer to being proven wrong and the odds of us living in a simulation shift more towards no regardless it's probably not a bad idea to let keanu reeves know just in case so this was uh, i just thought so ridiculous a because 50 50 is such a funny number to conclude um and they talk about some scientists believe that, and they don't, they go, they talk about a philosopher, Bostrom, and I don't know if he's actually, I don't think he's, could, has any actual scientific credentials. He's oh, merely Bostrom? a philosopher.
1: Yeah. You know, hold on. Let me check because, yeah, he is a philosopher, but I thought he did have some other. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. You think he is just a
0: yeah i mean he's he's like a a technologist in in hobby, but I don't think he works as a scientist
1: yeah he's yeah he's not a he's scientist. he's a philosopher. He's and a philosopher. then they just name
0: one other guy, one scientist they cite. Who says? Yeah, we either are or are we not, or we're not. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it's based, you know, it's funny just to kind of pick it, pick at it. You know, I, we're not invest. I, you neither you or I are invested in whether we are or not in a simulation. Um, but he bases bases it off of our known computing standards. Yeah, you know, he's saying, well. Uh, You know, in his understanding of our current Earth computers, uh, we just couldn't possibly do it. So therefore, it's impossible. Eh, Well, he's not taking into account that if there was a computer running the simulation, it would probably be beyond any comprehension uh, and wouldn't look anything like computing that we know about. And so saying that there's no computer powerful enough is just sort of a silly Point to make, but you know when it comes to philosophizing about simulations or not, I think it's much more interesting the uh, the concept of the mind of God simulation.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you
0: heard this term before? I've heard this yes, yeah. So the mind of God uh, simulation is basically yeah, maybe we're in a simulation, but it's not happening in happening in a computer. It's happening well in the mind of God, uh, where you know. He, and the people who uh, sort of hold to this or talk about this explain that. Yeah. If there is God in our case, very much. Yes. Um, then the simulation could just be happening in his mind. And that doesn't take away any of the meaning or the, uh, you know, the importance or the reality of it. But, uh, you know, and they cite some interesting biblical references which I don't have right in front of me but you know in the in the case that there you know god exists and created all things and created things with uh, uh you know words and uh, such eh, that's probably the most relevant version of a simulation theory
1: yeah, we played this clip. I'm trying to find it and I can uh, off the uh, off the cuff here. But we played in an, a, a and this is a while ago now. It might be worth looking into again, but uh Dr. William Lane Craig, he's one of the prolific most prolific Christian apologists uh-huh. out there and philosophers. Uh he had a debate with uh this guy who was saying, "Well, maybe we live in a giant supercomputer." And uh you know, you know, William Lane Craig was like, well, "Well, you know, what are the characteristics of the supercomputer? Oh, this computer is all knowing. It's all yeah." And William Lane Craig called him out on it. He's like, "You're basically calling God a supercomputer, right?" So it's it's interesting how when you take God out of the whole picture, you are left to like kind of jump around replace
0: it with computer
1: yeah you just replace it with supercomputer and uh, (laughs) you get to avoid any consequence of a you know existing god so yeah people rationalize away whatever they want but you know it's it's just interesting how we've come to the edges of thought when it comes to physical reality (laughs) and they have to they have to summon this the supercomputer simulation to avoid god or try to hide from god
0: yeah, you know, it is interesting because, yeah, who knows? I don't know. It, on a On a certain semantic level, you could say it is a sim- simulation in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. but you don't need to base it on our current understanding of our puny human computers. Right, right. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm not invested in any of the simulation theories, but I think the mind of God simulation theory is, is – Interesting enough, and there's some interesting biblical references. Uh, I saw somebody mentioning it in the chat in uh let's see, let me just pull it up here so I don't i um, am quoting it from the chat here, not from the uh Bible because I'm not pulling it. it's just easier to pull it up in him, we live and move and have our being, mm. you know, so it's kind of taking that semantic uh, right language from the Bible and applying it to what could be. Considered a, simu- a mind of God simulation.
1: Right. But
0: there you go. We're not pushing it, but it is an interesting uh, concept. Yeah. All right. Anything else? That's it. I run at out. That. Yeah, we're only 45 minutes past time. I know. <laughs> no I just gotta get out of here (laughs) yeah sorry about that All right, we'll wrap it up here first of all thank you dear listeners and uh, everybody in the chat give a big round uh, rousing round of applause for our producers for this show it is because of them that we're able to keep doing the show uh, especially on the schedule that we do do it I saw at least one more producer came in after the producer section um, and we will get at you on next episode. Remember, put it on your calendar, folks. Friday, the 23rd, Friday, October 23rd will be the next show sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific standard time. So make sure to put it on your calendar, turn on notifications, follow us in multiple locations, platforms online. Uh, so you don't miss the show. And remember, we'll need some more producers for next show on Friday. Uh, uh, so head us up at patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk, patreon.com slash ccnt. Uh, and uh, remember, it's an investment in your own media, not even just your media. It's an investment in a correction of the propagation and funding of media in general. No longer shall we be slaves to the uh, global theology of advertising and economy. The value does not come from big corporations and their pennies, uh, but it comes from the uh, listeners and viewers like you. You are the ones who... uh, Uh, get to decide the value of the show. So if you're getting any value out of what Gonz and I do, please let us know by going to patreon.com slash ccnt or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. Canarycryradio.com slash support. There's PayPal options as well as cryptocurrency and other things. And I want to give a shout out in the chat here. Future X, Mrs. Mecca Basil says, don't be anti-semantic. Very funny. <laughs> Very good. All right. And uh, let's see, where was I? There's other ways to produce the show as well. You can create some content. Uh, we need art. So you artists out there, if you're in a visual Uh, If you are a visual artist of any kind, uh, create some art related to something in the show, uh, any of the topics we talk about, or even just uh, Gonza's beautiful face, or my big shiny eyeballs. um, All are welcome. If you want to create some art for the show, send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Or if you are more of a musical person, you can create songs, you can create jingles, haven't gotten any jingles or songs recently, uh, too recently. but uh, those are always welcome as well. All you got to do is figure out something uh, that we talk about in the show and uh, create something around it, and we will highlight it on the show. And again, send all of that to CanaryCryRadio at gmail.com. But there's other ways you can help the show out. One huge one, and this is one you can do right now. You don't even have to put it off. Go ahead to your favorite uh, search bar, Bing, or uh, DuckDuckGo or those who shall not be named, uh, search Apple Podcasts Canary Cry News Talk. Apple Podcast Canary Cry News Talk. And that'll take you right to where you need to go to leave a rating and a review. As we saw in the wonderful art from 88 uh, last show, or the show before, I can't remember. Uh, it's like mind control for the algorithms. We have no control over those suckers. That's actually all you guys. And all you got to do to mind control the algorithms to share the show with people who may not have heard of it before is go leave a positive rating and review. I will be reading reviews on Friday, Friday, my favorite day of the week, also review reading day. So uh, if you want to get a review read on the show, uh, now is the time I read all reviews. I saw somebody asking uh, if they if I read one star reviews, I will. I won't be happy about it and don't do it as a joke cuz it does actually hurt the hurt the algorithms <laughs> so preferably do positive reviews positive ratings thank you very much um you're my hero also there's other ways to help out the show and that is just sharing it with your friends your family your facebook people people are starting to wake up and realize that uh, the world is not what it seems and you can help them Uh, by sending them an episode of Canary Cry News Talk. You can send them this episode, any episode you want, post it on social media or send it directly to them or even better, word of mouth. Just tell them, hey, you got to check out the show. It's going to help you out a lot and we'll be uh, happy to participate in their journey. In the, uh, the the narrow path of trying to figure things out for ourselves here, instead of letting the brainwash artists of the media tell us how to think. All right, folks, and if you need any more uh, instructions, here's what you do: you walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shag it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. <laughs> Don't ever silence me! I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy! Leave the bird alone! Never! rattle a few cages!
1: Rattle a few cages! The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah.
0: That's right, just ask Noah. Noah? Cyrus? Noah. Alright, remember hashtag as in the days of Noah. Days of Noah. Make sure to follow me on uh, Twitter, Basil underscore Rosewater. Follow me folks, it's a good time. Um and guns, any last words? It's my birthday.
1: It's my birthday. Happy birthday to
0: Thank you very much. And thank to all. Uh, thank you for all the happy birthday wishes and the uh, happy birthday uh, uh, producerships. I feel very loved. Thank you very much, everybody. And remember, we'll be back on Friday, October 23rd. Be there or be square sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to tune in to the next episode of Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, remember to think outside the cage. Bye-bye. shake things up i want to shake things up shake things up leave the bird alone i want to stir
1: up some controversy i want
0: to rattle a few cages i want to rattle a few cages i'm the last angry man you'll never silence I'm me i'm the last angry man oh, 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 i'm it. the last angry man you'll never silence I'm me the never silence i'm me. the last angry man a crusader for a little guy little guy little guy well we'll see about that whatever Illuminati.
1: Fun fact, I believe it was uh,
0: another fun fact.
1: Fun fact, Uh, another fun fact brings me back to my screamo days. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Farmer King DuPont, that's where I started Light up a huge blunt A joint Give everybody Magic mushrooms. mushrooms Smoke The CIA, you know, it, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities the psychoactive pill
1: should be covertly administered. Uh, you know, just put me on some,
0: some, I you don't know, do you shot in the butt, fluoride,
1: oxytocin, oxytocin. get a chemical hug. I did dabble you know some of that uh, robot crack i know what it's like it's a lethal lethal recipe for disaster
0: you need help
1: if you're a pharmacist you need to repent <laughs> all right weird <laughs>
0: Say,